Welcome, everybody, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the uh, very sickly Scotty Freytown. Ugh, got this nasty little cough here. and uh, But that's all right. I am here with the uh, very uh, tolerable Tyler Dean. That's fair. That's, that's fair. I'm, that's being, I'm being tolerable today. Uh, very tolerable. <laughs> I'm very irritable today, too. But that's a whole different subject. Yeah, well, that's okay. You're, you're going to be just fine. And I'm here with the... Uh, the very dashing. Oh, thank you. Very, the very dashing, Dylan Kelly. Welcome to dashing. the. He's very dashing. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the Outside Blitz, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to uh, rock and roll, going over some of the preseason stuff that we had happened this past week. Very exciting. Uh, Dylan, welcome to the show, man. Glad Th to have you on. Thanks for having me, guys. I uh, first time here with you. Uh, hopefully, not the last time. And uh, I'm excited, man. Let's get this going. Yep. And uh, now, before we get started here, I, I wanted to, to ask you, Dylan, Dylan's got his own podcast. We want to we talk a little bit about that. I wanted to get yours out, yours out there so everybody knows where they can go for uh, updates. I know it was, uh, you, you had your first episode recently, am I right? Yeah, yesterday, uh, actually, we had our first episode. And you can catch us, the DSBN podcast, on SoundCloud. Uh, we're also we also have video content on YouTube at, at the DSPN, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to shout that out. Hey, no problem, dude. That's what we're here for. Everybody helps everybody. That's a good thing. So, um, Tyler, man, fellas, we had a crazy, crazy, crazy week uh, preseason wise. Um, a lot of interesting little uh, stories going on. Um, I mean. We, we obviously know, we, we touched on it last time we were in, we, we touched on the Chicago Bears-Baltimore-Ravens game. Ravens go up 17-16 to 16 over the Bears. Tyler was jumping for joy even though it was preseason. I was not jumping <laughs> for joy. Don't lie. Um, but uh, now moving forward on to the last Thursday, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we'll get right into it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they go over on the Miami Dolphins. Um, talk of the town was Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin looked to me. He looked. He looked great, and he's. I mean, he's obviously not going to go in and take Winston's job, but it is a story given that Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been struggling, and they expect to do a lot better under Winston. Well, let's let's bear in mind here. You know, you got Jameis Winston out for the first couple of games for the the Uber driver fiasco, and you still have to focus in on who is going to be there with Jameis Winston gone. Um, Winston had a good showing in this preseason game. So, I mean, what what we saw, though, was Ryan Griffin, even though it was against second stringers, look, I get it, you know, we're, we're still in preseason here. Yeah, that's fine. But what we got to see was Jameis Winston and Ryan Griffin kind of keeping pace with each other. It was an interesting little animal. Um, and uh, it, I don't know who they're now – that, now that Doug Martin is long gone in Tampa, um, I don't know who their number one is over there. As far as their running backs go, um, looks like Peyton Barber. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm getting, Scott, from this, uh, at least from the stat line and what I'm seeing out of Tampa Bay right now. Everybody was really impressed with what Peyton Barber did in his very limited snaps. Um, but the hopes are very high with their second-round pick, Ronald Jones the second. This guy's got to take a couple of carries from him this year yep. and prove something. He's, he's quick, too. Right? Watching him play, he didn't have a great <coughs> in that first game. 
But on Joaquin's college tape, he, he's a he's a quick back. Yep, and and a guy that got the guy that actually got the most attention and the most love. I mean, outside of Ronald Jones, the second was was Ogunbowale. I, I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, he had seven carries for fifteen, but he only averaged two point one. Um, not a lot of love there. Um, you, we did see uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick actually enter, enter the game uh, for Tampa as well at quarterback, and he got a, a couple of carries there too, which was great. Sorry, I may uh, butcher the name here, the Ogunbowale guy. <laughs> he looks like a guy they're trying to get a really good look at. He's, he took the kick returns and punt returns for them as well. Mm-hmm. I think this is a guy they're going to stash on the uh, practice squad this season. He could do some things for them in the future. And, and another quick little story that, that caught my eye was the play of Cameron Bray. Um, five receptions, 48 yards. He played really, really well. You don't really hear that very often out of Cameron Brake, to be and, honest and, with you. And that's what I was getting ready to say, too. That's another story. That I, I, I really feel like they're, they're really hoping that Brake's going to be that guy that's going to be the lead tight end for that team. Yeah, and they, they need that. And on the other side of the football, we saw a, um, a very paltry performance. It's kind of what we had come to expect from uh, old Brock Osweiler. Um, 10 for 21, 83 yards. Uh, nothing really special. Yeah, th- this will be a team that's going to go back under center to uh, Ryan Tannehill after coming off of a pretty nasty injury. Yep. Ryan Tannehill in his very limited time, I mean, his completion percentage was there, but he didn't really complete too many yards, and he also just wasn't out there very long to get a good look for how he is after that injury. Yeah, and he, he's going he's gonna to have to take the reins on this team, too. You, you look at, at Ryan Tannehill, okay, and uh, he has no running back now. He's, he is, he's on a team that is void of any any running I game at all. I to an extent. They're, they're going to be up, um, trusting the running back position to uh, to Kalen Drake, and Drake, he had three carries for 16 yards. And so a very small sample size, but that's the guy they're going to be looking to be that guy. And another fact to solidify uh, why I believe that guy is the number one guy, just to help your argument out here, Tyler, is uh, if you're not familiar with the defensive tackle, Gabe Wright, there's actually an incident in the Miami Dolphins practice where he hit Kenyon Drake after a play with his helmet off, and that guy was cut from the team the very next day. Wow. So they're definitely putting their stock behind Drake. As, as, a, as their void scuffles, they're, they're cutting the other guy. Yep. Who wants to? Who wants to I, I, I don't know. I'm, if, I'm, if I'm looking at Kenyon Drake, I mean, I know it's a small sample size, 3 for 16. He didn't have a, a bad showing, I mean, for only three carries. But I am going to say that um, uh, – I, I am going to say that I'm not completely sold on Kenyon Drake yet at this point. Um, and we're also looking – we got the Kenny Stills project going out over there in Miami as well. They're, they're still looking for the uh, the guy to take the place of um, – oh, geez, his name is slipping my mind at this point. Oh, Landry. Landry, thank you, Jarvis Landry. Um, so Stills is uh, is going to be the guy that they, I think they're going to be looking to, to to take his spot. I don't think Danny Amendola is going to be that guy at all. And one sneaky guy in that offense, I think I like, uh, maybe a red zone kind of guy. AJ Derby is one of those tight ends. I've been I've been hearing some good things out of training camp so far. AJ Derby, yeah, I, I, he, there's been he's been kind of the talk of the town a little bit, um, which I mean it's it's good and it's bad all at the same time. It's it's good that he's he's making waves. I mean for him anyway. It's very bad that that's the guy we're talking about <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> yeah Ryan Tannehill. So. Um, that was uh, game one. Moving on, we're talking Panthers and the Bills. Um, 28-23 for the Panthers, but uh, I'm one of those guys that say this in preseason the score doesn't really matter. No. It's more the individual performances. And uh, here the story is uh, Cam Newton did some affection as we expected. Yep. 
And uh, the ball mostly got split between uh, Garrett Gilbert and Taylor uh, Heineke. Heineke, yep. Heineke. A former Minnesota Viking, Tyler he Taylor Heineke. He's uh, He went 7 for 9, 121, and a touchdown. He actually had a, had himself a pretty good game. Um, and that's, that's Heineke's M.O. Uh, in the preseason. He did really well for the Vikings in preseason last year before getting cut in lieu of uh, the Case Keenum experience. Um, C.J. Anderson, uh, he played really well. Um, I like C.J. Anderson. He played, he, I mean, four carries, 16 yards. He had a 4.0 uh, 4 average. He did have a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, another guy, four for ele uh, four carries, 11 yards, one touchdown. Um, but they were, they were the, the, I think the big story here was D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore, four catches for 75 yards. He had himself a hell of a game. Um, so did Curtis Samuel. Definitely. Those two <clears> right there, I mean, uh, you couldn't be happier if you're a Panthers fan right now because you really need somebody to step up and be that number two across from Devin Funches. They need that speed line. Those two guys can get out there, go deep. One of them can get in the slot. I'd be happy if I was a Panthers fan. Yep. And yeah. Talking back to the running game there, it, the, the Panthers have always been a team that loves split-back system. And when uh, – uh, uh, John Stewart left the team at the end of the season. He was curious what they were going to do, and they just looking at the Christian McCaffrey's the obvious starter here, and but but um in the in the uh, four carries he had C.J. Anderson is going to be that 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 other guy, and between the two, I think they're going to have another nice split back system. All right, I think he's uh, almost a carbon copy of Jonathan Stewart right there. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and and also you know uh, I was I'm still not completely sold on on D.J. Moore. Um, I, I do like he had the four for seventy five. Didn't hit the end zone at all, but four for seventy five is a pretty good stat line, even though it's a preseason game. Um, I, I don't think he was better than than Calvin Ridley was um, it, when it came to uh, being drafted at the position that he was. But I mean, I digress. Uh, DJ Moore showed you know a little something something there in preseason. I, I want to see what else he's got um, under the hood there, and. Uh, also, going over to Buffalo, other side of the football. I mean, going to our, our argument that we're going to have throughout this season, though, because Dylan, to fill you in, um, me and Scott do not agree who the starter of the team's going to be. Oh I'm God, standing I was just going to bring that up myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing behind AJ McCarron, as, I, as he's done. He did good things. We got to play him. The veteran, the veteran. Yeah. And then Josh Allen, the rookie. And looking at the stat line, and even if you want to pull Peterman in this situation, he's not going to be the starter. But uh, what I what I see from that stat line, I see everybody got a fair opportunity, yep. regardless if you're with your <coughs> second or third team. Everybody got to throw a couple passes, complete a couple passes, and only Peterman threw an interception. I don't know if that's a surprise to anyone. I don't. Do we know who started with the first team by chance? Well, uh, Josh Allen did. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know um, that the interception. I. I Look, Nathan Peterman went 9 for 10 for 118 yards. So his one screw-up, that one incompletion that he has, was an interception. True, true. Uh, I, I mean, but he did have a touchdown on the day. He had the most yards on anybody. He had 118. He was the most accurate of the bunch. Peterman, right now, begins, even though he had a, a junky performance last year when they actually sat Tyrod Taylor, Peterman is making a case for himself right now. Yeah. And and that's that's frightening to me if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. It's a it's frightening, but if you're if you're Nathan Peterman, you just need one little accident, one injury, a couple bad performances, and you could be the starting quarterback of this team. So right. props to that guy. Yep. And yeah, you never know. Sometimes uh, Super Bowl is won by a backup quarterback. When did that happen? Yeah, I know, right? It was a joke. But and then um, one of the one one of the stats that you know you're saying everybody got a fair shot. 
I look at Josh Allen and I see a guy who actually got a little more of a shot yeah, than the other quarterbacks. Yeah, twice as much on the attempts, just about. And 50, under 50% yeah, accuracy. His accuracy <laughs> is, is not where you want it to be. And he actually ran for about 30 yards, too. And I don't know if that was one, uh, you know, large scramble kind of added to the stats. But if he's a guy that can carry the ball here and there and add a running element to their offense, you know, that's always good in the modern day. Yeah, he had three carries for 29. Um, I mean, he, it's good and it's bad. To me, it, we, we were talking about this a couple shows ago. You have a guy like that that runs all over the place. I, I always say it, running quarterbacks do not survive in the NFL. It's just the reality. It's the unfortunate reality. But I don't think Josh Allen survives if he continues running around like a maniac. And, and me and Dylan just talked downstairs and we talked about running quarterbacks. and They can survive if they can um, develop their game. Evolve their game. Evolve yes. their game, yes. Like Russell Wilson started off a very uh, heavy running quarterback, and now he's turned into quite the pocket passer. Right, and we've seen Cam Newton do the same. Um, speaking of, of Cam and the Panthers, though, um, one stat line that I did want to bring up, Kelvin Benjamin came rolling into town for the Bills. You stole my thunder, Scott. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Four receptions, 58, and a touchdown. He averaged 14-5. Um, Kelvin Benjamin looked like a number one. That was my favorite stat line out of this game, maybe even the whole weekend because of the, the beef these guys had together, the moment they had before the game. Calvin Benjamin kind of looked like a punk before the game. He kind of didn't want to be a part of it. and then he, But he came out and he put up. He yeah, he caught performed. the balls, he got in the end zone, and that's what you got to do if you're going to talk. Yep, and he came out and he showed that he's the number one receiver. When, and, you know, for, for the Panthers to dump him and for him to come out and say, well, screw you, I'm better than you. He went out and showed it, so I, I was I was liking well, that. Little story here on the stat line, though. We're talking about Calvin Benjamin, which you guys are right. He had a great stat line, but what about Ray Ray McLeod? Yeah. Stat line there, three for fifty, and got a touchdown in there. And he, he could inch his way into being the number two, number three guy. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he could be a number two, number three guy. It's, it really depends on if he keeps it up right to the preseason. Because when you say his name, I think everybody in the room, other than you, goes who? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I well, that's what I say when I look at the rest of their stat line. Man. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Who Who are these guys? It's It's kind of like you know the movie Major League. Um. So moving forward here, we got Chicago Bears and Cincinnati Bengals, thirty to twenty seven. Cincinnati uh, knocks off the Bears. Um, so when I look at the quarterback stat line here, what I see immediately is there's obviously no question of who their quarterback is. They threw Trubisky in for what looks like one drive, yeah. pulled him out, and moved on. Uh. Two passes, four yards, little little checkdowns here and there. Tyler Bray had himself a game other than that interception. 18 for 27, 219. Looks like Tyler Bray got the majority of the work. And Chase Daniel, you know, just living the life, the greatest backup quarterback of all time. <laughs> I think this guy's made about $25 million out in the NFL and taken about eight snaps. Oh, Has yeah. he made more money than the, the Cowboys? He's getting there. Maybe. He, he really is getting there. I mean, he he's getting – I don't know – Eventually, if he if he keeps going this way, he's going to be pushing like Sam Bradford territory, where he's getting buku dollars, you know, just to just sit around. Um, How about Ryan Nall? Nail. Ryan Nall. Ryan Nall. Ryan Nall. Nine for ninety-five. Average ten point six yards a carry. That that's that's a good line, but I have to believe that Bears have their starter, and uh, they have Howard. They have Cone. Yeah, they have Howard, they have Cohen behind him, who's uh, you know just a great playmaker. But it is good to see that one of these guys here, and Ryan now, is, he's just taking that third running back spot. He wants to be on this team. See, I like I like the idea that that Ryan Nall is not only performing at a high level, but he's showing that he could be a good backup. 
and and all your way that if I'm Chicago right now, I'm over here breathing a sigh of relief because you really didn't have anybody as a as your second stringer for a minute there. So I mean, but just see. What's to note with the Bears is when how many seasons are every season seems like you know who the starter's going to be, and, and then someone else takes the takes the right takes the Bears from so. Right now, could end up being the starter for all you know. Yep, it's been it's been a rotating thing here. So and and uh, you know you you didn't see really you didn't see uh, as far as the the Bears go uh, a whole lot of their starters being plugged in this game. I going, not. going down the down the list here. I mean, I don't see a single name who is a a, a bona fide starter. Uh, your your best receiver in the game for the Bears, Daniel Brown, five receptions, ninety yards. Tanner Gentry gets six for fifty four. Adam Shaheen gets three for fifty-three. I mean, you didn't. These guys are, are you know, walk-ons. I guess I don't. I don't know. But you didn't. You didn't see the starters, and you didn't see the guy that you really wanted to see on the field, which is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, absolutely. And that's and that's one thing that bothers me. I do really think that Mitchell Trubisky is kind of that modern-day NFL quarterback going forward. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of mobility. He can throw the ball over the field. He needs somebody there. I like Bird and I like Shaheen. And if Allen Robinson can be like that, I think the Bills may have a scary offense this year. Yep. And uh, the other, well, and, and one thing, you are right. The, the Bears had a scary offense last year um, in, in certain games watching watching Trubisky. I mean, he, he makes their, their offense dangerous. Yeah. He opens up the field on, on so many different levels, the way he runs the ball, the way he can extend plays, the way he escapes the pocket, can fire on the run. That makes him such an asset, such a weapon. As long as he's properly protected, I think you're going to have uh, a hell of a quarterback over there. Absolutely. And over in Cincinnati, um, Andy Dalton was in the game, man. And I'll tell you what, Andy Dalton had himself a game. He did. Um, six for eight, um, 103 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Mm-hmm. And so he was he was there for a couple drives there, and he, and he looked like a guy who's ready to take Cincinnati back to the promised land and lose a playoff game. <laughs> I still believe in the red rifle, though. This guy, yeah. he's, he's a solid NFL quarterback. Yeah, and, and Dalton's been a solid NFL quarterback for a long time. I like Andy Dalton. I think he's going to wind up showing the world, hey, this this team's ready to rock. Um, and I know it's early to say, but um, Jeff Driscoll um, going out there is showing that he's capable of being the backup to Dalton if something were to happen. Yep. And that, 10 to 15, yeah. yards and a touchdown. And Matt Barkley puts up a paltry. Five for thirteen for sixty-four yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, wow, just painful, painful to watch. Um, now uh, AJ Green was on the field, two receptions, forty-eight yards. You know, solidifying himself as a deep threat. Josh Malone, three for forty-one, not too shabby. Um, we did see a little action from John Ross too. So um, you know, they're they're getting their guys involved. But uh, I was actually surprised to see that AJ Green was on the field the first preseason game. Um, even for a couple of snaps. I mean, if if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, I'm taking that cash count, I'm sitting him on the bench. I'm not even going to let him see the light of day <laughs> preseason and, uh, field. Joe, Joe Mixon wasn't very effective in his three carries. He, uh, he only had about nine yards there. But if you see, he did catch a ball for 24 yards and got into the end zone. And that's showing just another element he's adding to his game, catching the ball in the backfield and making something happen. Right. Yeah, a little bit of a uh, little bit of razzle-dazzle there, which you got to love. Um, now, Moving forward, we got Steelers dominated Philadelphia with us, the defending champs, uh, 31-14. Um, understanding it is preseason, but we did get to see some some decent performances. Uh, Big Ben out of the game, didn't play. Um, Josh Dobbs saw the most action out of anybody. Uh, Mason Rudolph was out there quite a bit. Um, 
Landry Jones. Landry Jones, four for four, eighty-three yards. That's he's an touchdown. Yeah. He's playing, he's, he's playing like somebody like, oh shoot, they my got, job might be on the line. Yeah, they, got, they got three legitimate backup quarterbacks here, and and somebody's definitely going to get cut and end up on somebody else's team out of those three. Right. Josh Dobbs, uh, nine for thirteen, ninety-one, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Mason Rudolph, I, I think. I think everybody is feeling the heat of Mason Rudolph at this point. You, you remember Ben Roethlisberger, after Rudolph gets drafted, goes out and says, I don't even know why we picked this guy up. You know, So he, he gets all upset about it. And you can tell Ben's bent out of shape about it, and we'll touch on that later. But, I mean, Mason Rudolph, he showed he can perform at a, at a high level. He showed that, that he, can be, uh, he can be a good starting quarterback. He played well. Um, they uh, didn't have much of a running game over there. Yeah, that. I would be. Uh, I I wouldn't feel good about that backup running back position with uh, Stephen Ridley getting <clears throat> ten carries and only mustering fourteen yards. Yep. That's and Ridley has has always kind of struggled in in certain aspects. Now it makes you wonder how many of. I mean, we always hear about this revered Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. How many of their, you know, big starters on offense were were on that line? Um, because that that plays into. How good guys like true, true. you know, uh, how good guys play, you know, with, as a running back. So I mean, I I do think they need one guy to step up and really be that second back though, and I, it could just be I, I'm speculating here, but with the contract situation you have with Le'Veon Bell yep. going into next season, this guy deserves to get paid. I think we can all agree that. Oh yeah. If he gets even the minor hamstring tweaks, small injury, this guy could just shut it down for the year and make sure he gets paid next year. Yep, and that could happen. Um, Look at the receiving games. We're talking about last year, you had Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster came out of nowhere in, in his breast, and then you had uh, Mercedes Bryant. They ship off Bryant to Oakland. But looking at um, Daylon Patterson here, it's the one big gold star here in the receiving game. Six receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. He could be that guy that comes in and he's the number three guy behind uh, Smith-Schuster and Brown. And, and Smith-Schuster, you know, he, he had a, a one catch. But it was a hell of a catch. <laughs> One catch, 71 yards for a touchdown. Um, Smith-Schuster, I, I mean, the guy walks onto the field, and it's like, you know, he, he he's like, I oh, just piss excellence, and goes out there. And <laughs> One catch right, for a right. touchdown, goes home, has a beer. I mean, he, he showed what, what he was made of. And actually, Ridley, well, well, he didn't do well as a running back. Ridley did well as kind of a change of pace back, three receptions for 45 yards. So that could wind up being the Stephon Ridley role. I retract my statement because that, that makes a very good point. I didn't see that prior to that. Ridley is known to uh, to catch the ball. Yep, and they they also had uh, James Washington out there playing pretty good ball, two two for forty four. So you you got some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball for Cincinnati, even as back uh, backups. Now the Eagles. No, I'm I'm surprised, and I'm not. They sat both their starting quarterback. Carson Wentz, and they set their backup quarterback, Nick Foles, keep keeping them completely out of the game. So, to me, there's not a whole lot to talk about when it comes to the passing, but I'm, I'm going to give a little shout-out to uh, Nate Sudfield here. He, he ends up a decent game. Three receptions, but he went 10 for 14, 140 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. A lot of, lot of backups came into play um, for the Eagles. They, they didn't really put a lot of a major starters Nobody out there. Nobody was out there. Uh, they did have Jay Ajayi out there, four carries for 20 yards. But but go, oh, and they did have Corey Clement out there, five for 30 rushing wise. Josh Adams looked good too. Yep, Shelton Gibson, Dallas Goder, those were the the two guys. Which I mean, who? 
<laughs> so right. the, the Eagles weren't taking any chances. They did put Wendell Smallwood in the game at one point, um, and he only had two receptions for two yards. So you, you didn't see much action out of the starters. And, and really, it's kind of funny. The Eagles, they take their Super Bowl-winning quarterback and their, their, starting, their starting hero of a quarterback in Carson Wentz, and they sit both of them. So, I mean, there, there's got to be some, a, a little something to be said for that, I think. Anyway, so going ahead, your uh, the Cleveland Browns won a game. Uh, well, yeah, it, I mean it was preseason, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think they get the free beer with this game. Though. No, not with this one. Um, so they faced the Giants. They went up twenty to ten. And <clears throat> sure, because um, there's been a lot of talk on Baker Mayfield. He saw the most action by far. Yes, the stat line is very good. Eleven to twenty, two hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns. I don't like the accuracy. I don't. I think it's a, kind of telling that he's got a lot to learn still. He's playing like a rookie, but. Mm-hmm. The, the yards are there, the touchdowns are there. I, I, I like what I see for the most part. What I didn't like, though, is they drafted Nick Chubb and I believe the second round, that running back. 15 and carries, for, 15 11 carries for 11 yards. And that yeah. Browns running game still looks pretty pedestrian. Looks, looks ugly. Um, but and and they're starting, they're starting um, running back, Carlos Hyde, had one carry and he went backwards. Yep, and, and that's <laughs> in preseason. Uh, Duke Johnson also got signed to a monster contract in the offseason. One carry for three yards. I mean, understanding it's it's a single carry, but, you know, so that's really a very, very small sample size. But uh, I'm it, it, if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I'm nervous. Um, Baker Mayfield, two two twelve. he did get the two touchdowns. I'm not a fan of the accuracy. Tyrod Taylor goes out there, five for five for 99 and a touchdown. Can I cut in and make a statement here, Scott? Sure. I would be pretty pissed. If I was a Browns fan and I got Antonio Callaway going three for 87 with a touchdown after he got caught with pot multiple times, but you still don't see Josh Gordon on the field. He did the same damn thing. Yep, you don't, and and I would be pissed about that too. Um, now, one guy that, that I think we, we know is a standout player and he performed like a standout player, David Njoku. Njoku's kind of – Browns are really good at, at developing tight ends. It seems like – Njoku's younger, but uh, the last spin before that, um, they brought in like, and like, oh, who's this young tight end? Oh no, he's been in the league for ten years. <clears throat> yeah, and, and he comes to Cleveland, they, they they do great. Maybe Cleveland should start doing a split um, tight end system. Yeah, it could work out well, the kind of the way, same way it worked out in in New England for all those years. He looks like what Eric Ebron was hoped to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Richard Higgins, four receptions, sixty six yards, the sixty six yards. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Landry did see the field. Um, two receptions for 36. Um, you know they were they were all over him like white on rice uh, throughout that entire game. But um, over on the other side, the Giants. Um, wow, struggles, shit, struggles, shit, struggles. Shit. Yeah, uh, Davis Webb nine for 22. Just when you thought you could, wow. there's there's good quarterbacks and then there's bad bad quarterbacks and there's about 10 miles of shit and then there's Davis Webb. Like I, I know you, th- I know you're not completely sold on um, Mayfield's performance, that off one performance, but at least he didn't do that. Yeah, I uh, absolutely. Well, the reason, and we'll go into it later. I'm, I, I don't feel like one first preseason game is is going is telling of you know when a guy has a great quarterback, just like I Davis Webb. You know he could come out next game and light the world on fire. But um, I, this is bad. This is just bad. Kyle Oletta, 6 for 9 for 48. Eli Manning did see the field, 4 for 7 for 26. Uh, Alex Tanney, 3 for 7 for 49. No touchdowns amongst the quarterbacks. No passing touchdowns. 
I'm scouring the stat sheet here, and I can't find a single yeah. highlight. The, the one, the one highlight that I can say is Saquon Barkley broke off a huge run when he started. Uh, it was his very first run of the game, and he broke off a thirty-plus yarder. And, and that's what I was gonna say is thirty-plus, but look what his final stat line was. His other three yeah. carries, he didn't do much. Um, he had the one big carry that, that shows his explosiveness. Yep. Um, and and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um crap on Barkley too much. Barkley's gonna be a great running back in this league. But I think there's a lot of stock in him that one big run. And how often yeah. is he going to do that? Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. He had four carries for 43. He, he did broke, break off a 37-plus yarder. The other backs yeah. I was pretty pleased with, though. And they, they both averaged north of five yards. Uh, Robert Martin averaged 7.8. And uh, Jalen Simmons averaged 5.4 in a touchdown. So... They, they they can keep that up. They have decent backups. Yep, and and over on the receiving end, uh, not many people that are starters saw a whole lot of uh, time on the field. You had Sterling Shepard out there. No more than two receptions yeah. anybody. Yeah, it, it was it was really rough. The only guy with more than two receptions was uh, Wayne Gallman here. And that's another who. Yeah, but uh, the the Giants struggled mightily against the uh, Cleveland Browns. Hopefully, this isn't a telling sign going into their season for them. Um, now the Saints took on the Jags. They beat the Jags 24-20. Um, and uh, Tom Savage. Tom Savage. I'm, su I'm surprised by Tom Savage and Tyson Hill. Um, and I, for some reason they have JT Barrett listed on the stat line going 0 for 0. <laughs> I, I, I guess that would indicate he took a couple snaps. But uh, what really does interest me there is Taysom Hill. You know, they really saw something in this guy. He was even playing special teams for him last year when he wasn't getting snaps at quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's good to see him actually getting snaps there and showing what he's got. And I think he's going to be the backup over Tom Savage. Yeah. And, and it's actually, I, I didn't realize this was just now. So he went 8 for 9 in your 72 yards. But he also went 7 carries, 52 yards rushing, carrying <laughs> 7.4 to touchdown. Yeah, this guy This guy had a, he had a really bright future at BYU. His name was getting big. He suffered a foot injury in his last year there, and he kind of came out with, with under the radar. And he's, he's blossoming into that, that NFL quarterback. No, no. Do you think down the line they're gonna they're gonna wind up calling him or, or changing it over to the offensive weapon that they were trying to incorporate? I mean, the guy is running all over the place. Who, who, who were they calling that? Was it, <laughs> it was, it was Jimmy? State guy, it was Jimmy Graham that they were trying to make the offensive no. weapon in the NFL. They 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 tried to no, give Michigan him. guy. Shoot, I can't oh, Jabril Preppers. Was it Jabril or was it uh or was it the the quarterback there? There was the quarterback that tried that tried to make Oh, Denard ball. Robinson. Yeah, yeah Denard Robinson. Oh, jeez. And uh, certain guys. Crew. <laughs> <laughs> the the certain guys did see some action. You got to see uh, Mark Ingram on the field, not doing much. Uh, and and that's not a very promising stat line for a guy like Mark Ingram, seven for twenty three. Um, yeah, that's that's not a good yardage carry. I do like that. I saw that he got in the end zone. He's kind of he's he's getting some wear and tear on that body. He's going to miss a couple games. I think. He's a good late round steal in fancy football, kind of off top here, right? Right. And now, now, one guy that I was really happy to see got on the field, um, in spite of injury issues, and and I think he's going to be a great change of pace back for the Saints. Uh, Shane Vereen was out there, um, played really well in New England when he was healthy. Um, Just n n nothing to nothing to snooze over here in his first game, but. It, uh, Shane Marine's always been a pretty good back. I've always liked him. He's in uh, the Giants, too, for a little bit there. Mm -hmm. I'd be curious to see what he does and fighting for the backup role while England's out. Yep. There is a little bit of noise coming out of New England. Uh, New Orleans as well for a guy. 
Traquan Smith. He did lead them in receptions and receiving yards for this past game. Mm-hmm. They really like him as their third guy. Yeah, and, and Michael Thomas got some action as well. I, I mean, two for 16, nothing spectacular. Ted Ginn got some action, two for 13. Even uh, Alvin Kamara got some love. Um, but uh, Smith there, like you were saying, he's, he's making the noise here, and I, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do when uh, Breezy gets on the field and starts, you know, heave-hoeing that ball around. We're going to see oh, something yeah. interesting. Um, Breeze has a tendency to take guys like that and turn them into uh, monsters. Um, so I, I like that. And over in Jacksonville. Cody Kessler. Jeez, oh, Pete's Cody Kessler. 14, Boy, game. Yeah, 14 for 17, 139, and a touchdown. Gotta love it. Um, Blake, if Blake Bortles were to decide to start <clears throat> declining again, like yeah. Cody Kessler could come right in and swoop in. Yeah, uh, Bortles, Bortles still had, he went six for nine, uh, 53 yards. Didn't see a ton of action. Um, but it was nice to see him uh, getting out there and doing his thing. Tanner Lee did see, did, did see some action. Um, Leonard Fournette got on the field, which I'm actually surprised that, that Jacksonville put Fournette on the field the very first preseason game. Yeah, that's a little uncomfortable. Yep. Uh, TJ Yeldon did see some action too. Um, and, and it actually looks like Corey Grant got the brunt of the carries there. and he, That's a sad day for him. Eight carries, six yards, nothing spectacular. Bortles did get a rushing touchdown out of this whole thing, though. Which, uh, it was scary to me having your uh, starting quarterback run, run the ball like that. Probably. He yeah. got in the end zone, and he, I can't recall the play, so I, I can't um, dump on it too much. No, one thing I, I thought was interesting, and, and I understand a lot of it was was Kessler here, but um, you look at their receiving stuff, they really spread the ball out a lot, a lot. Shane Wynn, Corey Grant, D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief, Scott Orndorff, just... 13 receivers got the ball. Yeah. I right. mean, there's, there's tight ends there. There's backs there. There's receivers there. That, that could be indicative of how this offense can run this season. <clears throat> Very right. spread out. Yeah, which which says a lot because Blake Bortles is not the Tom Brady of quarterbacks. But if he has the right um, support staff, he can get the job done. And he proved that last year just being plays away from the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, um, Tyler, your boys. My boys. Your boys came out and just tore it. Oh. They, they bent over a little bit here. We'll, um, we'll start with the Rams here, though. And uh, so their um, quarterback, Jared Goff, did not see the field at all. No nope. surprise. Todd Gurley, actually, I'm, I'm just rewind. not a single starter came out. They, they came out just for the game and says not a single first stringer is going to be out there today. So mm-hmm. so for as far as the Rams, what you're looking at is just the uh, team of backups. And as far as receivers, you're probably seeing some guys maybe fighting for a three spot, <clears throat> maybe four. The, the guy I'm happy about is John Kelly right now. He's probably the story of that of that group. Thirteen for seventy-seven. He he averaged five point nine. Didn't see the end zone at all, but had himself a day. Now I could be wrong uh, about who the backup is in St. Louis behind Todd Gurley, but it's got to be somebody. And John Kelly's making a you know, statement for himself. Especially especially with a guy like Malcolm Brown out there. You know, and, Mel- Malcolm and, Brown is a good running back. So I mean, and we've seen Malcolm Brown in the past. So John Kelly coming out and going thirteen for seventy-seven. That says something, and I, I think he's making a case for himself at this point. To play devil's advocate, though, I mean, looking at Justin Davis, who had a half as many carries, and he had the same average over seven car- seven carries as 13, same average yards per carry. I'd like to see Justin Davis having the same kind of workload that John Kelly did and see what he can do in that same workload. Because um, 5.9 is nothing to, nothing to uh, bring your head over either. Now, the scary part, if I'm an, if I'm an L.A. Rams fan, the, the big scary thing for me is the fact that your two backups – uh, Brandon Allen and Sean Mannion, th- those are your backups. <laughs> That's that to me is is frightening. 
Brandon Allen had an all right. Is Sean Mannion still on the roster after that performance? Uh, three for thirteen. Uh, <laughs> three for thirteen for sixteen yards makes you just kind of want to vomit. Um, and over to uh, the Ravens here. Your boy Lamar got in the game, Tyler. And he got in the game, and again, the the biggest concern is still there, and that's his accuracy. The accuracy is still not there. I, I mean, this is we're, we're borderlining Tim Tebow accuracy at this point. Oh, yeah, and, and they knew that when they drafted him. They were going to have a lot of work to do with accuracy. 19 yards, no touchdowns. We saw a majority of the game. Um, the Joe Flacco came in for, for, for a series, came in, and he, he, looked, he looked like a guy who knows that his job could be in jeopardy. Is the RG3 revolution alive in Baltimore, Tyler? It, no. I, I um, think it is, actually. So, RG3, <coughs> so here's a little uh, trivia for you guys. Uh, most teams carry three quarterbacks in their roster. Mm-hmm. Ravens haven't carried, they've only carried two in the last ten years. So, RG3 is looking at a situation where he knows he's going to be cut unless he performs. And Audition. He, so, yeah, yeah, for yeah. another team. Okay, I see that. It, yeah, I, well, I think with the, Lamar not playing that great. Yeah. They're going to want um, that insurance policy. RG3 could stick around because in the case that Joe were to go down, they don't trust Lamar right. yet, but RG3 might be and, and that's kind of where I think I see this going because I feel like if you go from a Joe Flacco to a Lamar Jackson as your starting quarterback, and it's obvious that's the way they're going to go into the future, you have to change the way your offense runs. And I think our, our RG3 is a little more uh, pro-ready. A little more Lamar Jackson than he is Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the thing is, and you know, this is what I'm going to say on, on the transition from Joe to Lamar. I think, uh, as I was saying about mobile quarterbacks, I'm turning into more of a pocket passer. The longer Lamar is able to sit behind Joe, which in turn means the longer Joe can keep Lamar off, off the field, Lamar's going to learn more of that West Coast style, and that could help him, help him transition to that type of quarterback in the long, in the long term. Yes. It's such a weird. Uh, it's a weird thing to say for a team, but you can say if we can keep our first round pick on the bench this year, that means we're doing pretty damn good. Yeah, that's a scary thing. And um, rushing wise, Gus Edwards, twelve for fifty eight, not too shabby. Alex Collins did see the field very briefly. Came for two carries. Yep. Um, he 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 got his two carries and showed why he wants to continue being the starter. Now Lamar did get into the end zone with his legs, which is something. But I, I think the most. The most funny, I guess, funny stat line is, and and you just hate this guy right now, Brashad Perriman, three for seventy-one and a touchdown. He just goes out there and balls out now. All of a sudden, he's like a freak of nature at wide receiver, six foot five, fast as hell. Just injuries, hands of stone. And that's it, hands of stone. Injuries and hands of stone. It's like he has no thumbs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story of Baltimore is um, playing like your life's in jeopardy. So Flacco. Rashad Perriman. Um, the, Ra- the Ravens have revamped the receiving core, and R- Rashad Perriman is on the cusp of being cut and being deemed a major bust. Yep. So here he is um, go- going out hardcore and saying, hey, I'm still here. I want I want to make it up to you guys. And, and or when, at least auditioning for our team. And when, uh, when they got on the field, you're, you're, the guys who have been slated as your starters, Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and even uh, the guy I feel is overrated, Hayden Hurst, um, they all registered a catch. They all registered good yardage with the catch, uh, first round yardage or first down yardage rather. Um, so you got to see some some good play out of them, even though they were only in there for a reception or you know, I mean, it, it, they still put up numbers. And, and quickly, I wanted to add in on the defense. It was nice to see Tim Williams get to the quarterback. He's a guy that was drafted to be a pass rusher, and that's what you want to see this guy doing. That's all you want to see this guy doing. Right? 
Yeah, and he was recording tackles too. Three tackles, two assist tackles. I mean, he was there. So I mean, he's he's playing ball. You're you're pretty excited if you're a Ravens fan about how the defense came out there. And, and did. one last note before the next team. The only only receiver they picked up you didn't see was was Willie Sneed, but uh, I I think he's gonna come out and play just fine. Just you just didn't really see much of him in this game. All right, and uh, now the Patriots up on the uh, Washington Redskins, starting with the Skins here. Um, I'm going to go right out and say it, and, and it's a sad day for me, but Darius Geis is no longer on the board, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, torn ACL, he's out for the season. Um, that, that was painful, man. <clears throat> that, that guy, I was disappointed in like every team that passed up on him in the draft, and then to see him kind of make a statement and go out, yep. unfortunately, yeah, and it's he's it's I expected explosive play out of him this year. I think teams didn't put a whole lot of stock in him over a lot of silly stuff, and then he goes out and he tears his ACL on top of it. This guy is just not having his year here. So but, who's uh, the starter? I was just gonna say, does anybody have an idea? I mean, so I, I believe they were hoping, uh, Robert Kelly. They're hoping I, you could, Robert Kelly. Well. Robert Kelly is going to wind up being the guy over there. Last year, Robert Kelly took over that starting role. Yes, and and I, I believe he's going to wind up being the guy again. Pirine is is actually not too shabby either. Um, you know, they they both have their pluses and minuses. I believe Pirine is the more uh, change of pace back, as opposed to uh, Robert Kelly, who's more. I'm, in the I'm trenches. glad Capri Bins uh, took his opportunity and, and did pretty well. He carried the ball well. He also caught a pass, and I think uh, going on that same thing, he's a nice change of pace back they could use now with guys. Yep, and uh, a, a guy that that played actually. Really well, Colt McCoy. Yeah, I, I look at the stat line. There's nothing. There's nothing really you can say bad about it. Now McCoy, McCoy is one of those guys that that you know he, he was a starter in the NFL. I think he has a, a a better. You you see those guys that come in as starters. They're drafted as starters. Then they wind up being backups, and they actually wind up being great backups. Guys like the McCown brothers. You know, guys like Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> they, they wind up being great backups and, and solid backups. Um. Uh. The, the gentleman out of Houston, I, I, he, he originally was in Houston, now he's in Atlanta, I forgot, Matt Schaub. Um, Matt Schaub, he, he didn't perform in Houston, but then he's over in Atlanta and he's a good backup. So Colt McCoy is going to be one of those guys who's going to be a nice backup to Alex Smith. And he didn't perform badly at all, 13 for 18, 189, two touchdowns. I mean, that's not too bad. I've um, always kind of rooted for Colt McCoy. Sorry to cut you off there. Tyler. No, you're, you're good. Uh, just because the guy was just super successful in college. I think he's one of the winningest quarterbacks in college. I thought he could do something in the NFL. And, you, and I think he's found his role, like you said, as a nice out backup quarterback. And there's nothing wrong with being a backup quarterback. Some some guys are really good in that role. They only come in every once in a while. Some guys are good being that, um, that workhorse quarterback. And I think Colt McCoy also, you know, we have to remember Colt McCoy. He didn't do anything in the NFL but he also came into the failed Cleveland Browns project, so we, we do have to bear that in mind. Um, <clears throat> my, last, uh, uh, my last note on the passing game here is I'm disappointed that Alex Smith didn't play. And you're talking about a guy who who uh, is needing to learn this team after after Kirk Cousins leaving, mm-hmm. and I, I thought you'd see him out in the field just to kind of start that process of uh, learning this team, but he wasn't out there. Nope, and uh, I, I think they, they're going to want to keep him off. I don't think you're going to see... Alex Smith until possibly week three of, of the preseason. I don't think you're going to see Alex Smith start going into to week two of the preseason coming up here. And uh, the Patriots, Brian, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> yeah, 16 for 23, 144. He, he basically started, took the workload there. We know he's the, uh, the number two quarterback over there. 
Um, Jeremy Hill had himself a nice little nice little day there, and, and that, that was one of those signings that went under the radar, Jeremy Hill, yes. um, coming over from Cincinnati. Um, 11 carries, 51 yards, showed why he's the starter over there. He had a touchdown, played good ball. Came. I mean, all three of those guys that took, uh, yeah, I guess the only other two <coughs> by quarterback, they had these three guys that took 11, 14, and 14 carries. Mm-hmm. They all took their opportunity, ran with it, and did pretty darn well for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we saw we got to see a lot of rushing touchdowns. We got one rushing touchdown from Jeremy Hill, too, from Ralph Webb. Uh, Webb had 14 for 46, two touchdowns. Jalisley went um, 14 for 43, no touchdowns. But um, receiving wise, we got we we got to see some love for Cordero, Cordero Patterson. Finally, um, two receptions for 38 yards. But uh, the real story there is Devin Lucian, uh, four for 71. Now this is something you don't really hear a lot out of New England. Not a single passing touchdown. No passing touchdowns whatsoever. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that it could be good, it could be bad. It, I think that kind of talks about uh, that says volumes about the the lack of, um, I guess, uh, ability to have at the quarterback position beyond Tom Brady, um, and that that terrifies me a little bit if I'm a Patriot if I'm a Patriots fan because yes. all you need is Tom Brady going down, and uh, you know you're kind of screwed. Right, here. you don't have a, a Jimmy G behind you. You don't have. Right. A, Granted, Matt Castle is not the greatest quarterback. He was a talented guy. I don't think Brian Hoyer is that guy. He's never shown he's that guy. Yeah. Let's just hope Tom Brady doesn't miss it. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. Um, moving onward, Green Bay and Tennessee. Green Bay goes up 31-17 over the Tennessee Titans. Um, Luke Falk, 10 for 19, 105 and a touchdown. It was just a rough Day throwing the football for the old Tennessee Titans. Blaine Gabbert did see some action, nine for fifteen for seventy-six yards. Um, it was just a bad day for the Titans altogether. Um, a lot of guys catching the ball, uh, not a lot of yardage. I did like seeing Akram <clears throat> Wadley get eight carries. He did only have twenty-seven yards, but they showed that they drafted this guy and they're going to give him an opportunity to do some things in the preseason. Yep, Deion Lewis got to, got two carries for eight yards. Derrick Henry also saw three for eleven. I mean, and you're not gonna you're not gonna burn a guy like Derrick Henry out. Um, you know, you're not gonna want to you know risk that injury. I think. Yeah, and and while you have <coughs> more more of an average from Derrick Henry, three carries isn't enough to really say anything bad about it. Um, mm-hmm. As the season goes on, he'll be the starter, and he's been groomed to be that guy, and he's gonna be that guy. And you you, you won't be able to see his true potential until the season starts. And and I am interested to see uh, the take this Tennessee Titans offense. Uh, the direction they go now that they have a new head coach, uh, and I can't think of his name right this second, uh, Mike Vrabel. Yep. Um, he's always been a defensive <clears throat> coordinator. He's been a defensive linebackers coach. Uh, nobody really knows what he's going to do offensively. So uh, let's see. Maybe Mariota steps up this year and becomes that quarterback he's supposed to be. Yep. And and now I understand that, that uh, we are taking on backups and whatever the case may be. But uh, David Flewellen... Three carries for 21 yards. He averaged seven yards a carry, um, and I think that's that's something that that we can't exactly uh, sneeze at there either. He makes him one of those players to watch going into this week and see if that type of performance is, is duplicated. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the Packers side of the football, we got to see some quarterback play. Holy, holy moly! <laughs> and all of them look decent. <clears throat> Deshaun Kaiser. Um, I, I'm not thrilled with the accuracy of, of Deshaun Kaiser, but nine for 18, 134. Um, Brent Hundley. 
he, he was about on pace with, with Kaiser there, 9-14, touchdown and interception. Tim Boyle, um, went, uh, just under 50% accuracy-wise, 7-15, but he had 130 yards, two touchdowns. So we, we got to see some interesting play. Um, didn't get to see a lot of uh, the starters out there as far as uh, the receivers go. We did to see we got to see Devontae Adams two for fifty seven. Um, that was about all you really saw. The one guy that's making a name for himself though, Marcus Valdez Scantling, five receptions, one on one, and a touchdown. And uh, Jake Kumara. Now, now, when we go back to uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, Green Bay really took a flyer on this guy late. He, he just big, six foot four, two hundred five pounds, with some speed. They really wanted to see if they can take these project guys because they got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and they were impressed with how he was getting off on these quick slants and using his body to box these guys out and get these grabs. And if when Aaron Rodgers sees that, he can get you the ball. Absolutely, an interesting little animal there is the the Aaron Rodgers storyline. We were talking about this last show. Aaron Rodgers, you don't. You don't know if he's going to be sticking around for a long time. So if there's any time to, to start developing players, this is this is the time because Aaron Rodgers, uh, when it comes to his contract, he is pissed, right? Right. So uh, he, he wants out of that contract. He wants out of Green Bay right now. And um, now uh, moving on from the Packers game, we're talking Texans and Chiefs. Ch- Texans go up seventeen to ten. And, uh, so I'm going to cut you off a little bit. I feel, like, I feel like we're in this deja vu of talking stats here. This, this, this week of preseason is kind of known as the curious case of the former Cleveland Corners. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Whedon, 9 for 11, 97 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I don't know if I'm impressed or if I'm sitting there going, this is week one of preseason. True. I can tell you what I'm doing. and I'm saying, <clears throat> How the hell is this guy still in the NFL? <laughs> Brandon Whedon is—he—he he actually played good ball, and and even though he it was only eleven attempts, nine for eleven, good stat line. I mean, you, you can't sneeze at it. And two of those pass, two of those completions were touchdowns. Yep, and and uh, Deshaun Watson did come into the game for one pass, um, and uh, Joe Webb. And now, if you want to talk about how in the hell is this guy still in the NFL, Joe Webb? There's a guy, a, a former corner, turned quarterback. Right. How in the hell is that guy in the NFL still? I, I can really only say here it looks like maybe he was kind of the simulation of Deshaun Watson running the offense for that third team. <clears> kind <throat> of he had four carries, he threw the ball a few times. Uh, I don't think this guy's making the roster. No, I, w- I would tend to hope not. Um, he had, but he did <laughs> really. He he had more rushing than anybody, um, including the starter Lamar Miller. Yep, including Miller. Um, Alfred Blue got the most carries of the bunch, 8 for 14, which I'm actually surprised that Alfred Blue didn't perform better because Alfred Blue is a good running back over there, and, and I'm surprised that he didn't perform He's better than he did. He's a good utility back. Yep. Um, Receiving-wise, uh, a few of the starters got to see the action. You got to see Sammy Coates, Braxton Miller. Both, I mean, Sammy Coates only got one reception for six yards. Braxton Miller, 3 for 28. Um, Bruce Ellington was out there for a moment, 3 for 22. And uh, the, the story of that was Tremaine, Tremaine Pope. Another guy I'd like to highlight here is uh, their third-round pick, and I wasn't aware of these, their third-round pick. So Jordan Ake is a tight end from Central Florida. He only had two catches, but it was two catches for 20 yards and two touchdowns. This guy could be a factor in the red zone for them. Yep, and that could be a beautiful thing for Watson, who actually did struggle a little bit in the red zone last year. Um, Chiefs, you're talking Chad Henney. 
you're, you're talking Chad Henney, but um, you know, he went eight for 14, 91 yards, touchdown interception. Not not bad. I, I, I think he's going to go on. He's going he's to be that starter. Um, even though Matt, Matt McGloin, he wasn't even get he had six um, uh, completions that were only, only 30, 30 yards. But uh, so you're looking at Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's the big story here because he's going to be the guy. He went five for seven, 33 yards. Not anything. You know, not wild. not anything wild. But but let's remember, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He 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 was accurate. I mean, he was he was a very accurate quarterback. He was the most accurate guy of the bunch. Uh, 33 yards. I mean, it wasn't huge yardage, but we are talking preseason. He probably had he had, it looks like he had the smallest sample size of the bunch. I, I'm very uh, interested in how he's going to play this year, and I hope he's very successful because it's one of these very few instances where guys are getting drafted in the first year, first round, and they're getting that first year opportunity to sit back, learn the ropes. And take in the offense you're about to run instead of just getting thrown to the dogs. Like yep, and and that's that's one of the big problems I think we always see over in Cleveland, for example. You always see it. Cleveland likes to take these quarterbacks, toss them in, and say, "Hey, go nuts!" And and when that quarterback doesn't perform, then they move on to the next guy, and then the next guy, and then the next guy. And and now Cleveland, even though I don't believe in the Tyrod Taylor project, the fact that Tyrod Taylor is probably going to be the starter over there. And the fact that Baker Mayfield is going to be able to sit behind him, I think that's kind of an exciting it's prospect. Best case scenario for Baker Mayfield to have a chance to step <clears throat> Right. Um, Kareem Hunt, rushing leader, did see one carry for one yard. Um, beyond that, I mean, Kerwin Williams, six carries, 18 yards. Darrell Williams, six carries, 16 yards. Damian Williams, five for 20. Um, Williams had himself an all right game, even though it was only five carries for 20 yards. He still had a decent average. Uh, pushing over four yards to carry. Um, at receiving, there's nothing really to sneeze at too much. I mean, Marcus Robinson, three, three receptions for 48 yards, and a touchdown. That, that's kind of the, uh, the golden spot there. And they, they spread the ball quite a bit. Yeah, uh, we, we hardly seen Tyreek Hill. He did catch three balls. We didn't see Sammy Watkins at all, the, the new signing. Um, I'm interested in how they use him because he was the most targeted receiver last year in the NFL on screen passes. And uh, Andy Reid, the guy who likes to throw a lot of screen passes. Yeah, that's his M.O. And Travis Kelsey also made the field two catches, 22 yards. So Travis Kelsey was out there partying it up a little bit. Um, but we didn't get to see a whole lot um, from their starters out there in week one of preseason. Um, the Niners, Jimmy G and company, um, they go up on uh, the Dallas Cowboys 24-21. Um, for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, he only saw, he, you know, <clears throat> for all the accuracy talk that we hear, Dak Prescott did go three for three for 39 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, we, we heard accuracy talk. I get it's three, three passes, but it did go three for three. So we're, we're hearing a lot of accuracy talk from da- about Dak Prescott, but uh, I mean, I'm not buying it yet. We got to remember this guy led the league in accuracy two years ago. So when, when I'm hearing Dak Prescott and I'm hearing all these people talk about accuracy issues, I'm not buying right now. The, the only problem I have, and if you uh, happen to be looking at the statue in front of you, is when you look at the receiving stats for them, the ball went, I had to scroll down so far, I went to the next page, there's so many guys that caught the balls, mm-hmm. and that's indicative that they, they don't have the, the number one, number two guy there. They, they got rid of Des. Jason Witten retired. Who is going to be that guy for them in the passing game? And they're hoping it's going to be Alan Hearns. That's going to that's kind of who they want to be the guy. But he's more of number two in my opinion. Yep, I think you're you're also looking at Tavon Austin at this point. Um, Tavon, you know, he he didn't really pan out 
um, the way everybody was hoping him to. Except in this, the last year he proved <clears throat> in, but still they were expecting more of a uh, juggernaut type of guy out of him. Right, and, and they didn't get that. Also, Terrence Williams is still there. Um, he he's still got a lot of tread on the tires. Terrence Williams is, is still a young guy. He's very fast. He's a great, great, great deep threat. Seems like Terrence Williams is forever. Yep. But, Dylan, you're absolutely right. In that you, you list these guys, but none of them are true number one caliber guys. So I think that's going to be the struggle this year. And then my, my favorite player on the Dallas Cowboys is uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, he didn't take any carries here, but what I really like to see is the, the, the combination of backs he has behind him. They have Bo Scarborough, big bruising back, and take those big bruising power halfback carries, take some wear and tear off Ezekiel Elliott, Got a guy in Darius Jackson and Rod Smith that can change the pace for you when you need to, catch some balls on the backfield. I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to have a big year. He's going to keep himself fresh. But, and everybody knows that, that that offense runs through Zeke. Everybody knows that. They, I mean, no matter what, it, it, Zeke goes down, you, you almost have nothing over there, and that's where Prescott really seems to struggle without him on the field. Um, over on the 49ers' side of the ball, Nick Mullins, weirdly enough, outperforms everybody. Yeah, right. I mean, he has an interception, but on um, 11 for 13, 141, a touchdown. That, that's a good stat line for what he's in there for. Yep. Jimmy G was in there for just a look at one series there. And didn't really do too much, but it's still, it, I'm, I'm not going to put the stock in it that way. And uh, just to plug my podcast again, yesterday I talked about my favorite running back in the running back position for this upcoming year, and I told you to avoid Jarek McKinnon. And if you look at his stat line, he had three carries for negative four yards, and he also – had an MRI last week. Stay away from this guy. No, and, and here's the thing about, about McKinnon. When when he was over in Minnesota, he was never a starter. He was never a starting running back. They, they picked him up. They gave him starting running back money, which they should have never done. McKinnon, yeah, and McKinnon's a speedster. I get it. He, he's a real fast guy, but when it comes to actually running in the trenches, Jarek McKinnon is not that guy. He's always been a change of pace back. That's the type of money you pay him. You don't go and throw starting running back money at him the way that the 49ers did. It was a bad signing from the get. I, I agree it's a bad signing, but Jerk, go get your money, babe. Yeah, go get your money. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. It was a bad signing from the get. And 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 he, over in Minnesota, he, he was a playmaker over there, but he's another system guy. He's another guy that you really know is going to be successful in that Pat Shermer system. Pat Shermer goes away to New York, and, and there, there were if there were two guys that should have followed Pat Shermer, it was Case Keenum and Jarek McKinnon. Those were the two guys that should have followed him because that's where they were going to be successful. And, and now I think their, their careers are just going to flounder. You will not see them after maybe two years here. Either of them. Yep. Look at the receiving core. Um, the biggest uh, positive thing here is, is Victor Bolden Jr., three receptions for 54 yards. And then you had the one big pass to uh, Dante Pettis, and that said one reception for 53 yards. So I'd be curious to see what he does. I don't know much about him. I don't think he's a, if he's a speedster that could continue to, to give him that type of depth. But and, uh, and Richie James, uh, just another rookie. I'm not sure if he's on drafts or not for them, but he, he's trying to make the team. Four catches, 46 yards, got in the end zone. Uh, good performance for, for him. And there's there's a group, there's a handful of guys here that, uh, I mean, speaking of McKinnon, he did have, and, and him being a change of pace back, he did have more receiving yards than he did rushing yards, and it was only on one catch. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's worth pointing out. But you, you see a few of your starters come out there. Kendrick Bourne comes out there. Aldrick Robinson comes out there. You did see Marquise Goodwin out there. 
So, so they did get their, their uh, starters out there a little bit, but um, ultimately they, they kept all, a lot of their, their uh, wide receivers chilling on the bench for a majority of the game. Uh, Jimmy G, didn't, he didn't really perform up to snuff, though, and uh, I think that's going to be something that we're going to be watching in the future, um, especially moving into week one. Um, you had the Colts up on the Seahawks, 19-17. Andrew Luck did come out. He did play 6 for 9, 64 yards. It was good to see him back after, uh, I believe it was 19 months out. Yeah. So, he, like, I was worried how he was going to perform, but for being out, and the rest, obviously, there, but I thought he, he performed pretty well for being out that long. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm going to reiterate that. I was very happy to see Andrew Luck out there. It's been a long time, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm actually a card-carrying member of the Andrew Luck fan club. And, oh, boy. Uh, I got a little bit of uh, a little bit chubby on that one. Yep. <laughs> I, I love the, the Andrew Luck uh, uh, game. I, I think he is, he's got a great arm. Um, when he was originally drafted, I said he was going to be a superstar, and, and he, he, he turned out to be a superstar. I think the big problem is that he just hasn't had any protection. Hopefully Quentin Nelson comes out and, and offers him some of that protection that he so badly needs. Um, Rushing-wise, you didn't see much. Uh, Robert Turbin led the charge. You did get to see Christine Michael a little bit. Um, Jordan Wilkins was out there. Marlon Mack, the guy that, that everybody assumes is going to be the uh, the starter, um, didn't exactly make any waves. I think Robert Turbin made more waves than him. This was a mess. I mean, we could be looking at the worst rushing attack in the NFL this season right here. Yep. I mean, they're, they're relying on guys that have never really shown that they have the ability to do this. And if you look at their most effective ball carriers, and Robert Turbin and Christine Michael have been cut from probably every team in the NFL so far. Yep, and, and Marlon Mack last year came out real late, and Tyler has been really big on Marlon Mack. He came out real late last year and, and lit the world on fire for a couple games, and everybody got super excited. Um, and, and that's all well and good, but Marlon Mack right here, four carries, nine yards, 2.2 uh, average. I, I'm not completely sold on the Marlon Mack project. And, and no, you're you're right. I had a lot of stock in Marlon Mack. I was very happy with what he did last season, and I thought he'd come into the season doing pretty well. Um, but no, this this number is kind of startling. But I I, I will revert back to uh, an argument on Baker Mayfield having one good game. This could just be one bad set of carries for Marlon Mack, and so and this is why you have four pieces in the game so you can kind of see the consistency. So I, I'd be curious to see how he does in the games two through four. Mm -hmm. And receiving wise, Cason Williams, uh, he was the the all star there, three for forty six. Um, not too shabby, 15.3 average. Um, Zach Pascal did have one big pass for 32 yards. Um, and there's Marlon Mack there, two for 23. So he did get some out of the, the backfield work there, um, some, some catches out of the backfield, but we didn't really see much love um, for Marlon Mack. Uh, Jack Doyle did see the field. You did see T.Y. Hilton hit the field a little bit. Christine Michael was, was getting catches. So you did get to see some of the starters out there. Nothing really spectacular, though, out of Indianapolis. Seattle, on the other hand, um, really passing-wise, yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. An entire game, you went under 150 yards passing for an entire football game, and I think that says that's pretty indicative of what we're going to see of Seattle. And the the one season. good thing in the passing game is we were just talking about him. Russell Wilson came for one, one, one drive, four for five, 43 yards and touchdown. Russell Wilson's obviously not in jeopardy of losing his job, but Russell Wilson had a good stat line when he was out there. And uh, the guy that, that everybody's been talking about, and I, I haven't been sold on him, and I wasn't sold on him when he got drafted, Rashad Penny came out, averaged two yards a carry, um, eight for 16. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not buying Rashad Penny, and I, I thought he was 
way overrated when they drafted him. They should have never taken him in the first round. And, you know, I may have jumped the gun here on the Indianapolis Colts being the worst rushing offense in the NFL because the Seattle Seahawks <clears throat> offensive line is terrible, and this core group of running backs right here is lackluster. They, so nice. their, their whole game relies on Russell Wilson and, and what he does. I mean, it, and if Russell Wilson doesn't perform, this whole team goes to hell in a handbasket. You know, I, I could be inaccurate here, uh, but I believe Russell Wilson, Wilson accounted for about 90% of their offensive output last season, and that's that's crazy. That's scary to me. That one player, and it reminds me of when the Lions used to rely on, on Calvin Johnson all the time. Um, it's just a mess in Seattle. Uh, Falcons and Jets. The Jets go up on the Falcons 17 to nothing. Shut them out. Um, Matt Ryan only saw one pass for negative two yards, um, which makes you kind of sad because I am a card-carrying member of the Matt Ryan fan club. <laughs> um, but um, speaking of backups, Matt Schaub, 9 for 9, 54 yards, nothing major. But the fact that he went 9 for 9. No pick sixes? No picks, no nothing. Um, he, he, I'm, I'm actually quite impressed with Matt Schaub, and I think he showed he's a good backup, and I think he showed that, that he's going to be the number two guy they're using. Um, Kurt Banker did come out 9 for 17, 125. He did throw a pick. Um, no passing touchdowns for uh, the Atlanta Falcons. No touchdowns in general, but couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Um, Tevin Coleman, three carries, eight yards. Uh, you want to talk bad rushing attacks. Man. Another one here. Yeah, I mean, the, the Atlanta Falcons. Whew. But was... Their starter didn't see the field in, in, uh, right, right. in Freeman. So it, it, I have some hope that their rushing game will still be something worth but it was a little. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it was a little disappointing to not see the guy everybody wants to see, Julio Jones, mm-hmm. and, and then that receiving crew that we're all really excited to see with Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu there. Uh, I think this offense could be really good. And on that rushing point, we need this rushing game to back them up and keep that offense churning down the field. And and Freeman, you know, even though he didn't see the field, I'm I'm actually a little disappointed in the, the output from. Tevin Coleman, because when Freeman went down, Coleman came in, and Coleman played good ball. And Coleman showed that he can be a starter in this league, and I, I still believe he can be. So Freeman only put up three carries for eight yards, 2.7 uh, average. I'm, I'm not impressed. I, I do like Kevin Coleman. I think he's a nice change of pace back, but I just don't buy in with, with all the opportunities he's had with splitting carries with Devonta Freeman, taking over when Devonta Freeman's been injured. He hasn't been able to be that guy. They haven't just went with him. And uh, he, he needs to step it up just a little bit more. Yep. And uh, now receiving-wise, um, Devin Gray, four receptions, 83 yards. He had himself a decent stat line. Everybody else was just, <laughs> I mean, in the shitter. Um, I'll give Dante's bird a little shot. Yeah, I mean, two for 35. But let's take a I mean, you did see some of your, your uh, starters see the field. Calvin Ridley, one catch for negative two yards. They probably tried to hit him on a... Uh, that was probably Matt Ryan's one, one Yeah, pass. his one pass. Austin Hooper... Um, one catch for five yards. Uh, Justin Hardy was on the field, one catch for 11. But beyond that, they didn't really have much going on there in Atlanta. Now with the Jets. Now, we talk about bad quarterback performances, but here's one where you cannot say anything <coughs> bad about any, any one of them. Even Josh McCown, one pass completed, good to go. But Josh McCown's not the story here. It's Darnold versus Bridgewater. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Teddy BH2O, as I like to call him. That's, how, that's what his Twitter handle is. <laughs> I've always thought this guy's had some talent. I think he's that modern day NFL quarterback that can throw and can run. He adds a lot to your offense, but when you draft Sam Darnold number three overall, as much as I like to see the quarterback sit, this guy's got to be your guy here. Yep. You draft a, a quarterback in the first round, 
that guy, you, you draft that quarterback to start, you know, I, I mean, normally, uh, unless you got a, a name like, for example, like a Joe Flacco in front of him. And uh, you've got, you, you have uh, uh, Sam Darnold sitting here, 13 for 18, 96 yards, a touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater, more accurate, less yards, still gets a touchdown. Um, people are talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not sold on it yet. I think the um, Sam Darnold put up a very respectable number here for a guy who signed his contract late and didn't come in and, and, and practice as nearly as much as Bridgewater. He still puts up respectable numbers, and I can dig that. I think Sam Darnold is your guy, and I think he got the biggest sample size here. You could see that he can start in the NFL and start at a high level. I, and one thing I did hear out of New York, the big, the big problem that they did see, and is what you see in a lot of young quarterbacks, is he kind of fled the pocket a little bit quickly, sort of staying in there and seeing, seeing option number two, option number two, three, option number four. He kind of took off on his own. Right. Um, Receiving-wise, Charles Johnson was the guy. Trenton Cannon rushing-wise, 11 for 40. Um, another another running system that's just not very good. And, uh, and it's becoming hard to give a trophy for the worst running, <laughs> running um, game of the, of the week here because there's so many that are just not great. Now, see, I remember a time when the New York Jets had, I mean, one of the most brutal, awesome rushing attacks in the NFL. And uh, LT, Sean Green, man. Yep, Thomas Jones. I mean, you got to, Matt Forte was around for a minute. I mean, you got to see some. Even Chris some, Ivory, we had, had these moments. Yeah, you got to see some good running over there, and and it just seems to have fallen apart recently. Trenton Cannon maybe making a case for himself, but I think Isaiah Crowell is going to ultimately wind up being the starting guy over there. Um, but I, it was just a, a an absolute fiasco over there. Um, to. Uh, Right here in Detroit. Moving on to the main event. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Detroit Lions, Oakland Raiders. Um, Lions down to the Raiders, 10-16. to 16. Uh, Jake Rudock got, got a lot of playing time. So did Matt Castle. Um, Rudock, 12 for 19, 84 yards. Castle, 10 for 18, 81 yards. Um, so pretty pretty uh, equal stat lines there for a couple of backups. Stafford didn't see the field, but on Johnson sure did. Man, I hope I'm not sounding like I'm dry, drowning in the Lions Kool-Aid right now, but on Johnson, man. This guy's going to turn us around right here. Carryon Johnson, um, the last time you know, the last time I heard this, this oh, he's the savior type of stuff, it was Reggie Bush coming into town. Um, I think Carryon Johnson eventually overtakes the Garrett Blunt, or at least the that they have more of a split back type system here, they're gonna. I think Carryon Johnson takes the starting role, if not, if not this season, Carryon Johnson takes the the starting job next season. Legarrette Blunt goes out the door. He's only on a one year, four point five million dollar contract. I think Blunt goes out the door after this year if Carryon oh, performs. Um, and I think best and worst scenario, Amir Abdullah was very good in his, his time played, and unfortunately that was looking like a guy they might want to maybe trade or cut. And he's kind of putting a death grip on the roster spot right now. Yep, four for four, four carries for 16 yards. So he did have a, a nice little average there. He got a touchdown. Um, so he didn't he didn't play poorly receiving wise. Brandon Powell was the guy leading the charge, five for 34. Carry on Johnson did get four receptions. He can do it all apparently. This guy is going to be uh, Carry on Johnson. <laughs> he's going to be the guy uh, for you guys, I think. That's going to be a good offensive weapon to to help get Stafford to the next level, help get his offense to the next level, to, to make a big playoff push in a very tough NFC. Yep, and uh, Oakland, yuck. Um, Connor Cook comes out, plays all right, 11 for 19, 141 and a touchdown. Um, EJ Manuel did see, wow, EJ Manuel, there's a name we haven't heard in a minute. 
He sees four for six for 46 yards. Um, Rushing-wise, I think the big story is, the, is in the running game. Chris Warren the third, 13 carries, 86 yards, averages 6.6 a carry. He balled out. Other than Undrafted that. guy. Um, John Gruden's, you know, he gets a lot of respect for knowing what he's doing, and, and maybe they found a guy right there. You yeah, they could have. And then they still have uh, Doug Martin hanging around. So uh, As well as Lynch. Yep. And then um, DeAndre Washington, nice little average, too. Their, run, their running system is, is what's on point here. Yep, and uh, from a receiving standpoint, I mean, we, we did get to see uh, Jordy take the field. We get to see uh, we got to see Martavis Bryant take the field, um, but Johnny Holton was the guy that, that Johnny Holton and Jalen Richard really. Uh, Holton had one reception for forty one yards. Jalen Richard four for uh, thirty five. Um, you didn't really get you, you didn't get to see Derek Carr very much. He was on the field for a series two for four eleven yards. Um, I'm waiting to see what Derek Carr ultimately winds up doing down the line. And, uh, you know, going back to the Detroit Lions here, um, I, was, I was somewhat happy with what I saw with the offensive line. A guy I think they stole in a later round was Terrell Crosby, a tackle, and he was, he was pretty solid. He did get beat by a Michigan State, a former Michigan State player in Shalit Calhoun for a sack there later in the game. Um, but I, I'm just impressed so far. Granted, they only scored 10 points. I think this is going to be one of the top five offenses in the and I, I think you're, you're basically on point. I think if they're not top five, they're definitely going to be top ten. Lots of weapons. Lots and lots of weapons over there. Matt Stafford's going to start opening it up a little bit. Uh, Lions are dangerous. Whether, whether or not we, we like to admit it, the, the Detroit Lions are a dangerous team. Um, moving on, Vikings, Broncos. Vikings dominate Denver, 42-28. Um, Trevor Simeon got pissed, I think. He came out 11 for 17, 165, two touchdowns against his former team. Uh, Kyle Sloter, 9 for 11 for 69 and a touchdown. Good good accuracy from old Sloter, but the, the, the story here, Kirk Cousins, 4 for 4, 42 yards in a TD. I, I mean, for Kirk Cousins to come out for one series and perform the way he did, sold. Now, now one guy here that's uh, noticeably absent from the, the stat line, is uh, Dalvin Cook. Yep, Dalvin Cook. I, I'm not 100% sure how his uh, injury situation is going right now. You're a little more uh, in tune with what's going on in Minnesota. Do you have anything you can let us know about uh, what Dalvin Cook's returns look like? Dalvin Cook, he, he has returned to practice field. He's, he's participated in full practice. I think what they're going to wind up doing is keeping him out just for a few preseason games. I don't, Nothing wrong with that. No, I don't think you're going to see Dalvin Cook until you know game three or four. Um, if you do see him in game two, you're going to see him take a couple of carries. But... Uh, I think they were more focused on guys like Latavius Murray. Who went out there and said, I'm not <clears> giving up easy. I'm going to make Dalvin Cook work to have that starting role. Right, and Latavius isn't a, isn't a bad running back. I think the big thing for Latavius, the, the for me anyway, Latavius, when, when he got picked up by the Vikings, I was excited, and then they went and drafted Dalvin Cook. The problem with Latavius is they everybody talked about, oh, well, he went over 1,000 yards, but nobody looked at the amount of carries it took him to get over 1,000 yards. Latavius had a boatload of carries in Oakland to get over a thousand, and so he comes over to Minnesota. Delvin takes the starting job. Latavius had a good year last year, but not a great one. Uh, one guy there with uh, he only had eight carries for twenty nine yards, uh, yep. but he also had three catches for hundred and two yards and two touchdowns. I believe. Yep. Correctly. Rock Thomas. Who the hell is Rock Thomas? Fill us in on this guy. <laughs> Rock Thomas. Um, the the guy he's he's actually being slated as part of their their. Uh, Running back trio, undrafted, 22 years old, out of Jacksonville State University. Um, he says, he, he, this guy, he, he's confident. He flat out said, I belong on the next level. 
That, that was his exact words. Um, he didn't get a whole lot of touches yesterday, or not yesterday, but last guy, last game. But uh, he managed to make some uh, some he big made a plays. Hell of an impact, and uh, you know what? He he's got my eyes on him in the next game. He's got a lot of eyes in the NFL on him. Yep, and and the one he he did have two touchdowns. One of those passes was a seventy-eight yard um, touchdown. He he's got he's a speedster though, and uh, right now he's in competition directly with with they say Mac Brown, who uh, I mean. I like Mac Brown a lot. I think he's a he's a damn good player, um, but he's going to have to turn it up a little bit because Rock Thomas he's making Rock Thomas's contract. He's making a lot less than Mac Brown is. Absolutely. So I mean, realistically, he he played good ball. Uh, Diggs de- did see the field there um, after signing his uh, five year extension. Um, three receptions, thirty five yards. Uh, he did have a touchdown, and uh, Stacy Coley saw the field as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, looking at the other team on the other <coughs> sideline, we got the Denver Broncos who uh, lost this game 42-28. And uh, I got a quick question for you guys. Is it time to say the Paxton Lynch experience is over? I think yes. so. I think so. Paxton Lynch, I, I don't – Paxton Lynch, when he got drafted to the, the Denver Broncos, I looked at him and said, this guy doesn't fit their scheme at all. And I think I don't think anybody can deny that he did not fit their scheme. They were just excited. Ooh, Paxton Lynch. Well, that's wonderful. Now six for 11, 24 yards and a pick later in a preseason game, and people are calling for his head. I think Paxton Lynch needs to find new scenery, and he'll do a lot better in the NFL. But Paxton Lynch wasn't the worst quarterback. <laughs> and and I said it. Uh, I said it earlier in the show. I said it. Three episodes ago, Case Keenum will not survive under any other system other than Pat Shermer's system. And unless he went to the New York Giants, then he would fail, fail, fail. And here's Case Keenum in a preseason game, comes in for one series, one for four, five yards. And mimicking what you uh, just said, actually, is they got this guy that wasn't going to fit their system, but they just had to have a guy. They had to have Paxton Lynch. They had to have (laughs) Case Keenum because they think it's the answer. And the answer could be... Mr. Chad Kelly there, who looked yeah. like be the most entertaining backup quarterback in football. <laughs> yeah, 14 for 21, 177, two touchdowns. He did have a pick, but uh, I'll, I'll take the offset there if, if I'm the Broncos. I'm going to double down with this team, I know. Um, you, you say that um, he, he was destined to fail leaving the capture system. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go as far as saying we'll never know, but um, Case Keenum is going to have a bad year even if he stayed. I think he's because knowing his history, he's never <coughs> been a good quarterback, and out of nowhere, he has this great season in Minnesota. Well, I, I, I think it was a one-year wonder. I don't, I don't even think if he stayed in Minnesota, he would have had to go in the Pat Shermer system. He would have had to go over to the Giants with Pat Shermer. Otherwise, he was going to be done. And everybody thought for a minute there because Eli was in such dire straits that he was going to go to the Giants, and everybody said that the Giants were talking <coughs> about him, they wanted him, and and bang, 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 there you go. We, we wind up seeing the Case Keenum project. Uh, I think you're seeing a, a, the beginning of the deterioration of, of Keenum here. Um, you didn't see much as far as uh, starters from, from Denver. Demarius Thomas, one catch, five yards. Um, you, you didn't see uh, uh, Emmanuel out there. EJ Man, or uh, I'm sorry, Emmanuel, you didn't see him out there. Uh, Sanders. Sanders, thank you. Um, well, something's out there for, for he had a one catch. Yard, so he, I, I'll be still, still be watching him as time goes on. Philip Lindsay, Matt Lacrosse, Matt Lacosse. I, I don't know. They they make uh, names for themselves. Three for forty, two for forty. Touchdown for each of them. I I'm still somewhat intrigued in this Denver defense. If they still got a little bit of a run in them, maybe they can keep themselves in some games. Um, 
Uh, but that'll be uh, obviously what we'll learn about. That that was about the only that was about the only thing that kept him in games, and they they didn't have a lot of defensive starters out there um, either. I mean, you you had uh, Pekow out there, um, but I'm going down. You had Bradley Roby out there for a minute. He had two tackles, but you didn't see anyone doing anything spectacular on the defensive side of the football for Denver. Um, and and uh, frankly, I'm not surprised. Uh, last but not least, you got Cardinals and Chargers. Um, Geno Smith goes out for uh, the Chargers, starts chucking the ball. You didn't get to see Phillip Rivers, which was a sad day. Geno looks pretty good, but another thing where, I mean, for 23 um, attempts, I expect better than 14. Yep. Uh, yeah, 14 uh, completions. completions. My bad. Um, so I, I want to see better better average there for, for uh, completion, but he's looking like he could come in and be the backup role here. Not a lot of starters out there either. Um, we, we didn't get to see, I mean, we got to see Melvin Gordon for five five carries for 16 yards. Cardale, Cardale Jones got got out there for three for 15. Going down the list here, I mean. Jeremy Davis. Jeremy. Four receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown. And, and Artavis Scott, five for 44. Austin Eckler. You know, Jeremy Davis appears to be a guy that may have uh, been uh, just like very low on the roster for San Diego the past couple of years, maybe even on the practice squad. And if this is his kind of coming out party this preseason, maybe get out of page with uh, Philip Rivers. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You know, this is a chance for him to make his mark. Yep, and I agree. And uh, Arizona, yuck. Just a horrible, horrible, horrible quarterback performance all around from all four guys. Um, Bradford one for one for six, so you didn't really get anything out of him. But Josh Rosen, everybody was, was over here saying that he's the most pro-ready quarterback of the bunch. Six for 13, 41 yards. What a bad day. I mean, understanding he is taking on one of the best secondaries in the league, so who knows, you know, what kind of adversity he was facing. But rough day for Josh Rosen, first in-game experience. Um, he's a guy that I was hoping would, would turn up a little more, and uh, he did not. And I was, uh, I was happy to see David Johnson, uh, even in his two carries, two carries, 28 yards. Uh, I think this is one of the most skilled players in the NFL who just happens to be on one of the least skilled offenses in the NFL. <laughs> I think you could see a lot out of him this year. Right, and uh, not a lot of starting receivers either. I was going to say, the one thing I noticed here as we've gone through this whole stat line is um, Cardinals' uh, stat line for receivers is the smallest I've seen in all the stat lines <laughs> we're looking at today. Mm -hmm. they, they, not a lot of people got the ball. No, there, there was, they didn't even, uh, it looks like they didn't start any of their, their big names. Fitzgerald wasn't out there. Um, so uh, that, that takes care of, of that. Before we, we go to our break here, I just wanted to uh, um, go down the line as far as what we can experience this upcoming week. Um, you got Eagles Patriots tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Also tomorrow you got Super Bowl rematch that we've all been waiting for. Uh, it's a preseason rematch. Calm down. <laughs> now you got Jets and Redskins tomorrow at 8 p.m. You got Steelers, Packers, uh, Chiefs, and Falcons at 7 p.m. Giants. And uh, the team I like to call the Detroit Lie Downs going on uh, Friday at 7 p.m. Um, Bills and Browns Friday at 7:30. Uh, um, not, uh, now looking at this this week in advance, uh, do either of you have a game you're most intrigued to see? Vikings Jags, actually, and that's not just me being a Vikings fan. Vikings Jags, they they have defense upon defense upon defense. I'm excited to watch it. And and one storyline I was really looking at that is uh, the the Vikings are kind of you know putting the final touches on their offensive line, see where they want to go. And if there's a defensive line you want to face to see where you're at, 
It's a Jacksonville Jaguars. Saxonville, as they're called. Now. Yep. And and, and it, uh, mine's kind of the same pace. Obviously, I'm, I'm going to be watching the Ravens game. I want to see how Lamar can be progressed. I want to see if Joe continues to play at that fire behind him to keep playing. But I'm looking forward to Raiders Raiders Rams because Raiders are a team I expect big things out of. So I want to see that that number that first string offense play well against one of the best defenses. Uh, and now, if I had to give you guys a game I really want to watch, um, one matchup in particular here is the Bills taking on the Browns. Uh, the Browns are getting a lot of publicity this uh, offseason. They're on uh, knock. Well, will the, it, pardon. Well, will it be a knocks. good game, or is it going to be is it going to be the toilet? It's bowl? it's my most interesting game. You got three quarterbacks. We're not sure who's going to take the snaps in Buffalo. You got the intruding story of the Browns. This one I would watch. This one yeah. I would sit back and watch. Um, you got Dolphins and Panthers. Cardinals and Saints, uh, like we said before, the Vikings-Jags going at it on Saturday. Uh, Raiders and Rams Saturday at 4 p.m. Uh, Bengals versus the Cowboys Saturday at 7. They got 49ers and the Texans Saturday at 8 p.m. Uh, the Bucks and the Titans Saturday at 8 p.m. The Bears and the Broncos uh, Saturday at 9.05. And then uh, the Seahawks and Chargers Saturday at 10 o'clock p.m. And then rounding out the week, Tyler's. Monday night football. Yep. Monday night football, 8 p.m. Ravens, Colts, rounding out the rest of the week. And uh, with that, I'm going to hand it over to Tyler here for a brief moment. Yep, and, and, and that's week two. And one little thing, because we're talking about games watching the scene, I want to see how Andrew Luck, because as two of us are members of the Andrew Luck fan club, how he, how he does against another top defense in the Ravens, and if he can continue to show that he's going to be back on the horse and being a MVP-style quarterback. And we will see how many of those starters that, that the Ravens do put out on the field against him. That that might be a factor as well if you see guys like C.J. Mosley out there um, and Terrell Suggs. we we got to see who they're going to really stick out there on the field for him to, to test us. Uh, and, and although you get the Monday night football games in the preseason, it's a little bit corny. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. You do get to see Lamar Jackson under the spotlight here and, and how he's going to play against one of the worst Fair point. Here we go. It'll be interesting how it all goes. And with that, we're going to take a brief break and we're going to come back with uh, talking some around the league and uh, we're going to talk some Jalen Ramsey. Oh, God. And uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This episode of The Outside Blitz is brought to you by Jordan J. Scavone, children's book author extraordinaire. Jordan has two books available currently. Mighty is about a four-year-old girl with social anxiety starting preschool. In order to overcome her fears of going to school, she becomes a superhero. And Jordan's brand new book, The Mud Princess, is the story of Georgia, a girl who defies the looks and ideals of her princess peers. When the other princesses are captured by a dragon, Georgia must decide if she should help those who shunned and mocked her, or if she should save them. Both of Jordan's books are available on Amazon, and you can follow Jordan on Facebook at facebook.com backslash mightebook. Also, check out jordanjscavone.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-J-S-C-A-V-O-N-E.com for all updates on both books. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean, and I'm here... The titillating... Tyler Dean. And here you go interrupting me again. That's what you're known for best. <laughs> and here's my co-host, Scotty Freytown. And Ooh, we're daddy. still here, accompanied by Dylan Kelly. The delectable uh, Dylan thanks for, Kelly. Thanks for having me here still, guys. And, uh, I mean, we're talking about my favorite thing in the world, uh, NFL preseason. Uh, let's keep it going. Foosball. 
And what we're going to do is, we're, I mean, I, I mentioned we're going to talk about Jalen Ramsey, but we're going to take a step back and just kind of talk about a What's lot, up, of, Fats? A lot <laughs> of the rookie quarterbacks out there and, and what kind of the expectations, what they've done, and what, where we kind of see them things going. Uh, Scott, where do you, where do you want to start? Um, I, I'm honestly, we'll we'll start with uh, number one overall. Let's start with Baker Mayfield. <coughs> um, I think the expectation for old Baker was, um, you know, he was going to be. Uh, uh, I, I, th- I think they expect him to be hot off the gate. A lot of people thought he was he was hot coming in, and and you know, I I'm not as impressed by the stat line as everyone else seems to be. Um, <clears throat> I remember a guy named Christian Ponder coming and put up a very similar stat line. That, that Baker Mayfield did. Um, so I, I can't quite be impressed. I feel like it's a very small sample size. So when we're talking Baker Mayfield, you know, I, it's a small, too small of a sample size in the first preseason game, and, and he put up the same stat line as Christian Ponder in the first preseason game. You know so what, I'm not Scott, I, uh, I agree with you on that. <coughs> and, uh, I don't want to come off like a total freaking hater right here, but I have way more reason to believe that Baker Mayfield will not be a successful quarterback no. uh, with the Cleveland Browns specifically <clears throat> uh, than I do to believe that he's going to be successful this year. Granted, the Browns really went out there and got him a couple guys to do some things around him. Uh, but uh, I'm selling Baker Mayfield. Yep, I'm, I'm in the sell process. And, and you know one thing about Baker Mayfield, um, and I, I brought this up to Tyler on several occasions, one thing for me that doesn't sell me on Baker Mayfield is the fact that you have a guy that does a spread-style offense in college, comes into the NFL, and they expect him to do a, um, you know, a, a pro-style offense, and they expect him to learn that from the 0-16 Hugh Jackson, and then and they expect me to buy that. Right, and, and in his college experiences, he played minimal out-of-conference games, and he played in a conference that played very soft defense that you would absolutely positively never, ever <coughs> see in the NFL. Correct, and and I don't buy it. I don't I don't buy the Baker Mayfield experience. Um, I I think that that he's going to struggle mightily, and and I'm selling Tyler. So here's where I'm at in Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm I'm not going to completely sell. So we talk about the two different systems, and you guys are absolutely right. I'm coming into a pro system is going to be difficult for him. But I mean you. He what he did do he came out with a great stat line. At least he didn't come out with with a with a horrible stat line as I mentioned earlier. But I'm also not going to buy him completely either because it's still way too early. I'm going to go with a thing we used in the past called rent. So so and I'm I'm right in the middle. Jury's still up for me. I, I want to see a couple of performances and if he can string together a couple good performances, I, I could be inched my way towards buy. But right now I'm I'm not saying he's going to be the next best thing. I'm also not going to say he's going to be a bust. So jury's still up for me. I'm I'm calling a cop out there, Tyler. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say I'm a cop out. And that's fine. <laughs> Call it a cop out all you want, but I think this the sample size is way too small to go one way or another. Right, right. Don't hurt yourself, but sitting on the fence there. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's got to hurt really going up the b hole there. So we're gonna go jump over to uh, Josh Rosen. I I'm gonna I'm gonna um, buy Josh Rosen. I, I I believe he had a because he was. There's a lot of hype on him being the uh, most pro-ready quarterback, most, most NFL-ready quarterback, and he went out and had a uh, sub-bar performance. I, I think it's his first game. I, th- I think the Jitters got to my. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by Josh Rosen. He's gonna be the next the, the next starting quarterback for the Cardinals. Um, I will. It hurts me to say this, but I'll buy on Josh Rosen. I, I was really high on this guy at UCLA. He had a former NFL head coach as his head coach. 
I thought he played in the offense that was uh, mimicked an NFL offense. And fortunately, he's in a position where he may be able to get some snaps in Arizona. Uh, one big loss, though, uh, the head coach there. Um, his name is escaping me right now. Their previous head coach is gone. who was a Bruce offensive Harris. whiz. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Arians. Uh, to a more defensive-oriented head coach. And that has always seemed to be an issue for these young quarterbacks coming into the NFL. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm buying on, on Rosen as well. Um, most pro-ready guy out there. They say he oozes confidence when he comes into the huddle. Um, all accounts are saying that uh, you know he is just um, the man. Um, and and honestly, there's not a whole lot of competition over there. I mean, let's face facts. You you've got you know Sam Bradford, who for whatever reason consistently gets overpaid over and over and over again. I don't understand how you can sit there and continuously pay this guy twenty million dollars for nothing. But I think he took a course at the school of Chase Daniel. Yeah, apparently, financial. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, but he he's just uh, uh, getting boatloads of money to do to get hurt. Basically, is what it what it comes down to. I don't buy the the Sam Bradford thing, but I do buy uh, Josh Rosen a lot more. I think he's the quarterback of the future over there, and as long as he has uh, the proper pieces around him, he's going to be just fine. He's going to develop well. I like Josh Rosen a lot. Going over to the AFC East, we have a couple, we have a pair of quarterbacks over there. We'll, we'll start in Buffalo, starting with uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, we talked about earlier, there's a lot of people who, who think he's going to be the starter. There's a lot of people think that A.J. McCarron is going to be the guy to take it over. So where do you guys stand on Josh Allen? I'm selling, and I, it's a hard sell. I don't think the guy's accurate. I, I think that, that he he's a running quarterback. Like I said, running quarterbacks don't survive in the NFL. He had a subpar performance in a preseason game. Um, I, I think he starts. I think he starts come the beginning of the season. But what it comes down to is, it, and, and realistically, he starts because you don't take a guy in the first round unless you're going to be sticking him behind a Wiley veteran. They don't really have a Wiley veteran over there. They don't have Tyrod Taylor anymore. They're stuck with A.J. McCarron, and that's their most veteran quarterback. You're in some trouble. I think they're starting him. I think McCarron takes the job over before the end of the season. I'm selling on Josh Allen. I am. Uh, I'm absolutely selling on Josh <coughs> Allen. I wanted to buy in the hype this uh, past college football season. I thought this guy had a chance to put up some stupid, ridiculous numbers at Wyoming, considering the competition that he played. Uh, and that just wasn't the case. And when he faced tough competition like Iowa, nice Division One Big Ten school, uh, he struggled. And that guy. I think we're getting a little clouded by what Carson Wentz did and him being a, you know, kind of a once-in-a-generation guy to come out of lower division school, and we're thinking Josh Allen's going to do the same thing. I just don't see it. This guy's not NFL accurate. He has an arm strength, but we've seen that before, man. I'm selling Josh Allen. I think A.J. McCarron is starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Well, given <coughs> my and Scott's argument over who's going to be the starter, we know where, where I'm at when it comes to who's going to be the starter. AJ McCarron's going to be the starter of that team. I'm selling on Josh Allen. I do not think he is. He is, what, was he the third quarterback off the board for rookies? Um, I don't think he's the third best. No, um, not by a long shot. So I'm I'm selling on Josh Allen. He didn't look great, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by that and say AJ McCarron takes this team. Josh Allen's not going to be the future of that franchise. They did give him every opportunity. He will get every yes. opportunity. I just, I just don't. Think it's <clears throat> As a first rounder, he he's almost entitled to it, I think. But I think you know when you when you get to about week seven or eight, you get to those the that late fall, early winter spot. 
See you later. Uh, uh, but getting a little fan interaction here, we do have a fan saying that uh, they, they think Josh Allen is going to be a beast this afternoon. Wow. So, you know, it's really mixed out there. Yeah, and I'm I'm want whatever you're smoking because that sounds freaking fantastic. <laughs> well, who, who is the saying? Who, who thinks Josh Allen's gonna be a beast? Uh, just a fan, you know. I don't want to sp- expose fans. <laughs> oh, I want fans to feel well, comfortable right, right, expressing um, themselves. Right, fan out there. Um, I honestly, I I hope Josh Allen comes out and does great things. I I love illegal quarterbacks do great things, but I think AJ McCarron can take that role. Yep. Um, going next door to New York Jets in what's been a very interesting quarterback battle because uh, both quarterbacks come out looking really good, and that's uh, Sam Darnold. And I'm going to buy in Sam Darnold. I, I think everyone knew that he should have been the number one player off the board in the draft. Absolutely. And while he did um, sit out and, and not participate in training camp for a contract, he comes out with limited experience and plays really well. I'm going to stand behind Sam Darnold and say he will be the of that team. I buy what Sam Darnold's doing. He's going to continue his success. There's only one way to go, and that is up for Sam Darnold. The guy comes in. He comes in late. Um, I understand. And the only reason, let's face facts, the only reason the guy held out was because of the fact that, oh, hey, well, I should have been the number one guy off the board. The fact that Baker Mayfield went number one overall was a fluke. Darnold knows bizarre. his worth. Yeah, it was. It really was. It was bizarre, but it's not bizarre because it's Cleveland that did it. But and we know what <laughs> Cleveland does. They just do things for the hell of it. Sometimes I tend to think. But I, I believe Sam Darnold comes in and and he came into this preseason game. He played so well. I'm really really happy for the guy. He got the money that number one overall money because people don't understand. And I, I keep telling Tyler this: from a first to a third round pick is a hell of a drop. That's a lot of money to lose. You're talking millions of dollars from a first to a third. So so to me, he went out, he said, look, I'm a first-round overall pick. I should have been the number one overall pick. You need to, to hand me that number one overall pick money. He demanded it. He got it. And, and whether or not he signed the contract late, now he's got the time to go out and practice. He's got the time for the preseason. And even with the lack of practice time, four, what was it, four weeks, three weeks, he still went out there and performed at a high level. I like Darnold. I like his arm. Even though he's got a little bit of a um, uh, deliberate throwing motion, um, I, I really like Sam Darnold, and I'm buying. Um, you know, when I see Sam Darnold, uh, first thing that comes to mind is USC. And uh, when I look at the history of USC quarterbacks coming out, and as much analysis as this theory is going to lack, uh, the USC quarterbacks has struggled coming out. Um, all of them: John David Booty, Matt Liner. Matt Liner was a Heisman Trophy winner who struggled in the NFL. Um, but I've seen Sam Darnold do some things physically that you don't see a lot of guys do in college football. I've seen him play very solid against some really good NFL, uh, really good college football defenses, especially Ohio State's defense. I'm going to buy Sam Darnold, even though I think Teddy B should be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. Wow. Uh, and you know, it, building on that, on the Bridgewater thing, and and. I'm not going to try and hijack Tyler's segment here, but we got to ask the question now that it's now that you've come out there and said it. We got to ask the question: Do you buy or sell Teddy B right now, the man with the the degenerative knee? Do I you? will tell you, as a Detroit Lions fan, I was scared of Teddy B taking the reins as a Minnesota Vikings quarterback because this guy has everything I think you need as, as a modern day NFL quarterback. You got to have some momentum. You got to get out of the pocket. You got to move this ball around. And it just, and fortunately for the Detroit Lions, he never, you know, injuries or whatever. Uh, but now I think he gets a chance to rejuvenate his career and start over with the New York Jets. Now, 
he Bridgewater had had all the potential and, and started off the show that he was going to be the quarterback of the future for the, for the Vikings. But then he hit that brick wall of an injury, very gruesome injury that yeah. kept him out longer than, than uh, most people are. But I went in before the injury saying that Bridgewater was going to be a great quarterback. I'm going to stand by that, and, and I'm going to buy on Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater is going to come and, and do everything he can to, to hold off Darnold in, in New York. Whether he does or not is a different story, but I think, I think Bridgewater is going to make a great case to be the starter in New York. And this is going to be a tough one for me because as a, Vi- a Vikings fan, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm selling on Teddy Bridgewater. I believe that that Bridgewater, I, and, and don't get me wrong, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I like his attitude. I like his physicality. I like everything about Teddy Bridgewater. But that knee, to me, is too much of a scare that I don't even want to even touch him as a starting quarterback. He comes out, he blows out his knee. I mean, if, if you do make him a starter, I expect Darnold to be in that game by week seven. And, uh, you know, and I take what you say with um... – uh, and I appreciate what you say because you're a Vikings fan, and this is a guy that you rooted for to be successful. And Absolutely. even now, you can still root for him, but you kind of know you see the writing on the wall. And you know, I, I respect uh, your position. All of the the indicators when it comes to Teddy B is that that the knee is degenerative. That's the word that they continuously use is degenerative, and that it it's just it's falling apart. And, you know, That's a scary word, man. <clears throat> that is. And so when I see a guy like Teddy Bridgewater get signed. To and I believe it was like one year, fifteen million, some obnoxious number he got signed to. I don't like that, especially for a guy with a bum leg. I'm supposed to sign this guy one year, fifteen million dollars with a with a, a bad wheel? Absolutely not. And he's sure as shit not going to be my starter. Uh, I, if it, if it's me, I'm I'm staying away from Teddy Bridgewater. You know that's that's and I'm selling Bridgewater. Fair. Fair. Going over to Baltimore, I'll, I'll go last on this one. Um, so, uh, what's your guys' thoughts on Lamar Jackson so far? Um, so far, I will admit I didn't watch him play uh, with my own two eyes on the first preseason game. But what I saw from him in college football is that he was a college football quarterback. I don't believe he was an NFL quarterback. I was skeptical on anybody willing to take him in the first round. Um, and I don't want to pigeonhole a guy and say, oh, you can't do this, you should only do this. And I respect him for going for the challenges in the NFL quarterback. I just, I don't see it. I, it's not going to work here. It might have worked at Louisville on the ACC or AAC or whatever they happen to play in. Uh, I don't see that happening here in the NFL with, without the accuracy that he needs. Now, Louisville has, and, and it's funny you bring up Louisville, Louisville has a tendency to admire mobile quarterbacks, i.e., Teddy Bridgewater. And, and Bridgewater, if, if you remember his tenure in Louisville, he, sure, he played well, but Teddy Bridgewater used to run all over the place, too. Teddy Bridgewater had, had a good set of legs underneath him. He used to, to pick up uh, a lot of yardage with those legs. Louisville guy. Yeah, he's a Louisville yeah, guy. There you, you go. Know, that's, like and that's what I was saying. Louisville is, is the, the type of place where running quarterbacks you know, get, the, get a lot of love, but then they come to the NFL and they have a hard time. Running quarterbacks do not survive. Geno Smith is yep. another guy. Right, uh, he has Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has Geno Smith written all over. Yep. Louisville, and, where the quarterback <clears throat> wild. Uh, yeah, I guess, but but they don't do it in the NFL. I'll tell you that. Um, I don't. I don't buy Lamar. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm selling on Lamar. I, I, running quarterbacks don't survive in the NFL. I've seen too many failed experiments. The RG RG three experience. 
I, I've watched you know so many running quarterbacks go down with these gruesome, awful in injuries and never be the same ever again. And and to me, you know, and you, you you recently got to see, even though he survived for a couple of years, it was because Jim Harbaugh's system was so good to him. But Colin Kaepernick is another one. He, they just don't survive in the NFL. They don't thrive in the NFL. You can't run all the time. Right, and, and once you uh, completely add these running components with your quarterback and these NFL coordinators and scouts get some tape on you, get your tells, know what you're going to do, it becomes far less effective. Yep, and it only takes a couple of years, and we got to see that with Colin Kaepernick, and, and you're going to get to see that with, with Lamar if, if they, they do bring him in. And, and for Ravens fans right now, if I'm the Ravens fans, I'm biting my nails down down to the, my fingers here. I mean, I'm I'm biting them away because if Joe Flacco doesn't make it, and I believe firmly, if Joe Flacco doesn't make a Super Bowl, you're going to see Lamar come in because Joe Flacco will be gone from that buyout after this year. They're not paying a man twenty four million dollars to not make Super Bowls. And and one thing I'll repeat that I said earlier about the Buff, uh, sorry Baltimore Ravens is is. Uh, I feel like as long as Lamar Jackson's on the bench, that means Joe Flacco's playing well, and that means you're going to be happy as a Baltimore Ravens fan. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to say about I've given my stance on the Joe Flacco situation. I don't think they need to win a Super Bowl because you look at someone like, say, Bradford is making $20 million. He's going to be a backup. So it's weird. It's because the salaries are getting so inflated nowadays, but nowadays you're, you're, you're starting to get close to the $30 million mark these quarterbacks are going to make. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to say what's going to happen on that, but... I believe as long as Flacco plays well, he'll be on the field. So, in my stance on mobile quarterbacks is very negative. I, I never like mobile quarterbacks. The last mobile quarterback to be a start, well, he was supposed to be the starter for the Ravens, and then the Ravens drafted Flacco, and then uh, Flacco took over the job, and that's uh, the, the Ohio State's first <coughs> and yep. that experiment failed pretty, pretty quickly, too. Yeah, what a bad day that was. So, as far as Lamar Jackson... I'm going to sell today, I'm going to sell tomorrow, I'm going to sell for the rest of his spin. career. Yep. Lamar Jackson is not the future of the Ravens or this league. No, not at all. And, and you're screaming at the computer over there. What's going on? Troy Smith won a Heisman, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mr. Ohio State over here. Yeah, but he's, he's, he, he didn't do anything in the NFL, no, though. No, it was a no. sad day. That was a dark day in Baltimore there. Um. So yeah, I, I, we we got three cells on on Lamar there. Didn't expect that. <laughs> so kind of going uh, along along um, earlier this week, uh, everyone's favorite loudmouth or least favorite loudmouth, well, depending well, where you're at. I don't know. I don't know if he's he's you know. Uh, see, the least favorite loudmouth, I guess, would be a guy like T.O. Uh, to current me. Players. But if you're talking current players, um, my least favorite loudmouth is Richard Sherman. I, I hate his mouth, but um, yeah. Well, your your boy Jalen Ramsey here is kind of pushing that envelope. So he went off on just about every quarterback in the league, saying saying something or another. And uh, we're gonna kind of go through Ramsey's comments, and, and it's gonna basically be a do you agree with Ramsey's comments or do you disagree with Ramsey's comments? <laughs> and we'll start with first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers, and Ramsey says that. Eh, Rodgers doesn't suck. <laughs> that, yeah, that was going to be my guess. Uh, let me guess what he's going to say about <coughs> the freaking god Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Um, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, and I hate Aaron Rodgers. 
but I'm not an idiot, and I know that Aaron Rodgers is the most, uh, arguably the most dangerous quarterback in the NFL. Roger, I mean, he's not wrong. Aaron Rodgers doesn't suck. I mean, I guess I'm so I, I I have to by I mean I guess by proxy I have to say I agree with his statement, but uh, I feel like he he's almost cutting down a, a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback with no rhyme or reason. It's it's, it's arguably one of the most silly, stupid things I've I've heard in a long time. Like imagine go to your boss and say, "Hey, you don't suck." Yeah, you're okay. Hey, you don't suck. You know, some guys take that as a compliment. Thanks, yeah. man. I don't <laughs> suck. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we're on the same page. Right. Silly. That was just a silly. So, but but we have to agree with the statement, though. He doesn't suck. Yes. He doesn't yes. suck. He doesn't I, suck. I, 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 it's, it's a little weird we're taking this this uh, interview from Randy so seriously. It's, it's so recent. It's just so funny. I'm just, it's, it's, it's kind of picking on Randy. It's point. just silly shit at this point. I mean... I'm standing here going, what in the hell is this guy thinking? I, I think he deserves it. Uh, to go on GQ, <coughs> and this is what you were talking about, I think he could have yep. been talking about a lot of different things. Yep. Tom Brady. Eh, he doesn't suck. No, Tom, <laughs> and he's not He's not wrong. Tom Brady does not suck. Um, wow. First, um, first ballot Hall of Famer. Arguably one of the greatest of all time. Most Super Bowls of any quarterback. Yep. Um, Marcus Mariota. Great for the Titans was his comments. Well, I mean, what what is that supposed to mean? Well, so he but, says that Rodgers and Brady doesn't suck, but he uses the word great for Mariota. When yeah. I put that, uh, I, I just typed that into Google Translate real quick, and that meant uh, he would be terrible on everything. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the thing, I you know, I, I don't know, I, I I don't know if it, it means he's great for the Titans, as in like he's he's a great fit for them. Or he's great for the Titans, as in, like, everybody else on the Titans must suck. And I'm assuming that's what it means because the Titans are in the same division as them. Right, and we don't really know anything about the Titans' offense now under a new head coach. Right. To have any indication why he would be great for them. Um, (laughs) So here's here's one of my favorite ones. Tyrod Taylor. Actually a better quarterback than he gets credit for because he does not make mistakes. If he doesn't make mistakes, he'd still be the starting quarterback. Wait, wait a minute. Tyrod Taylor got benched in Buffalo this past year. <laughs> For a game. But he doesn't make mistakes. Uh, so I, I've said this to one of our, our listeners, and I'm just going to say it again. I want whatever uh, Jalen Ramsey's smoking, and uh, it must be fantastic stuff. <laughs> but, geez, oh, peace. No, no. How drunk was he when he did this interview? I guess that's another I, good question. I hope drunk. Otherwise, my respect level for Ramsey just would be down. Right, right. Tyrod Taylor is is your marquee quarterback there, huh? Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't make mistakes. So, yeah. so I mean, apparently none of his interceptions he was thrown as a mistake. Wait, so he he counted on Tyrod Taylor. What did he say again? Sorry, I missed that guy. So. Well, on Tyrod Taylor, he says actually a better quarterback than he gets credit for because he does not make mistakes. I. Uh, <laughs> that was generic. Yeah, I just oh, it's a mess. Jimmy Garoppolo, not he, he's not sure if he's sold on the hype yet. I I agree. With I, agree. This. What is I agree. I agree. I got a I got a hot take right here, guys. <coughs> but uh, um, back when the Detroit Lions with six and ten before they made their first playoff berth in about ten years, mm-hmm. um, they were at a ten and two patch. And they finished off their last four games hot, finished off 6-10, and 10, and then became a good team the next season. And I really felt that vibe from the 49ers. Once Garoppolo got there, they won five games down the stretch. He brought something different to that team. He brought some confidence. And I just love Jimmy D. 
Jimmy G. I wish I was good looking as him. I wish I was bopping some porn stars too. Do your <laughs> thing in San Fran, my boy. I, I so Jimmy G. I well, I don't know if I buy the hype. I mean, kudos to him for getting the dough that he got. Um, I mean, it, I mean, if it was a beauty pageant, I mean, I guess kudos to Jimmy G. Um, I would like to see if he can perform this year at, at a very high level and you know take the Niners to the playoffs. But geez, oh Pete, um, yeah, I'm I'm not sold on the hype, so I kind of have to agree with uh, Ramsey's comment there. I'm gonna mix uh, Watson and Wentz together because he did. Um, um, he says that Wentz and Watson are going to battle for MVP trophy for the next five to ten years. Oh my gosh! I'm I'm with him on this one. Like, those two are going to be two of the future quarterbacks of this league. Wentz should have, for all intents and purposes, won MVP last year had he not gotten hurt. Yeah, I I I I don't agree with battling for the next five to ten years um, because you can already see the Philadelphia train kind of you know. Jumping off the track, yeah, it's jumping off the tracks a little bit here with a lot of the injuries and stuff like that. Um, I don't know about the next five to ten years, but I, I think at some point they'll be battling over it. I think Watson is definitely the future of the Texans. So, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I'm kind of half agreeing with this statement, but I don't think it's going to be for five to ten years. I think he's a nut job if he thinks it's going to be that long. Um, it's hard to sell on what he said because. What we've seen from the Houston Texans offense with Deshaun Watson at the helm was, like, mind-blowing to me. I wasn't uh, sure that he could do the things that he did. And he's got Nuke down there. He's got an offensive-minded head coach. Will Fuller flourished under him. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. Wow. Five to to ten years. Wow. (coughs) Jared Goff. Average to above average for what his team has to do. Yeah, he's good. I'm. I, I'm he's wishy-washy. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm kind of buying it. Um, Goff is a good quarterback. Uh, yeah, I'll say I buy. I'll I'm, say I buy on it. He's a wishy-washy. It's hard to understand the side you're on, but I'm on the side that says that Jared Goff is going to be a good quarterback in this league. I. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell on Jared Goff, and I think he's very fortunate to be in a place that the backup quarterbacks are absolutely terrible behind him. And I, I not to say that he would get benched. I, I also but think if there he's, was a guy to put a fire under his ass, I, I, it's he's not there right now. He he's also in a spot where he's he's very um, well taken care of under McVay's system too. I think. Oh, absolutely. They know how to get the most out of the quarterback there. And if, and if anybody's got a question about that, when uh, Matt Ryan won the uh, MVP in the NFC a couple of seasons ago, uh, Sean McVay was his quarterback coach. Yep. So, I mean, you, you definitely have to uh, love that. Dak Prescott. <coughs> Good. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how much run through Ezekiel Elliott? I, buy all day. Yeah. I, if, uh, I'll buy Dak, but uh, when you got to start letting out three adjectives to describe the guy... <coughs> I don't think you're being very so sincere. I'm buying in his adjectives. He's like he's like basically average, and but Cowboys Cowboys run through Elliot. That's, that's but I, I mean Cowboys. I, I buy the Cowboys run through Elliot. I I just don't know if I'm buying good. Eh, well he's okay. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, make your, make your choice, man. Like right. So I I mean I I think I think I I buy the second part more so than the first part. 
Yes. You know, that I buy the second part that's okay as opposed to... It got progressively worse. It was good, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> all right. You guys are going to love this next one. Um, actually, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Um, this next one right here, Scott, if, if you buy this 100%, I'm going to say that you are on the drugs. Oh, uh, boy. Kirk Cousins, winner, competitor. Um, he's the best quarterback in the league. He is a winner. He is a competitor. Yeah. He's not the best quarterback. No, he's not the best quarterback. He's a, he's a very good quarterback. I'm going to stand by, sit behind yeah. my, my NFC quarterback here, but best he's not the best no, quarterback. Not the best quarterback. I have to sell what he's saying strictly on taking him at his word, and I don't agree with every statement he made there, so I'm selling. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not agreeing with that. That's ridiculous. Next one. This is, this is really good. Derek Carr. Good. Good. <laughs> just good. He had all this shit to say, and then Derek Carr just winds up being good. So. <laughs> you don't like Derek Carr, huh? I, I, I don't know if it's, uh, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he may have been injured yeah, he was last, hurt. last yeah. season. But, uh, I, don't, I don't know. John Gruden obviously says something in him. John Gruden knows what he's doing with the quarterback position. He wouldn't have went there. If he John Gruden loves him. But... Uh, it could be a kind of a one-year thing for him. Yeah, it could be. He's got a hell of an arm. He's got a hell of a deep ball. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy Derek, <coughs> Derek Carr. Derek Carr's potential on the same level as Andrew Luck. Yeah. Um, Derek Carr's potential of being MVP quarterback. No, I, I, yeah, he was in the MVP talks. I, I, I think Derek Carr. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously gonna agree with his statement there. I, I think Derek Carr he is good. I think he's gonna wind up ultimately being a long-term guy in, in Oakland for decades. Eli Manning. It's not really Eli. I think it's Odell Beckham. I won't say Eli's good. I'll, I'll say Eli's good. <laughs> I won't say Eli's good. I'll say Eli's good. Uh. <clears throat> and their connection is good. So I don't like Eli, but I'm going to disagree with Ramsey here because Eli's got two Super Bowls, none of which included Beckham. Right. Uh, I think Eli I almost Manning. don't know what the hell Jalen Ramsey's saying when he says that. He's right. saying Eli. He's not saying he's good, but he's saying he's good. I guess I agree. <laughs> I, I, he's won two Super Bowls. He's the only man to beat. I can't say that anymore. He's the only man to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, uh, one or two. Um, but the guy's got ice water running through his veins and makes so names. There you go. just as wishy washy as he is now. I, I love Eli Manning, man. I, I can't deny it. I love the guy. He's diminishing in his skills, but. I kind of buy what he's saying because I'm saying the same shit that doesn't make any sense. I, I do not buy Eli Manning one bit. I, I kind of have to buy what he said because Eli's not good, but Eli's good, so I kind of like <laughs> half buy it. But um, Eli Manning, I, I think he's a mouth breather. You know, I, I can't stand Eli Manning. I think he's dumb. He's dumb as a, a sack of rocks. You ever see the looks on his face? Oh, ones? my gosh. He looks like a dingus. Well, but, sort of staff, like well, Joe yeah. Flacco as well. Like, they, they look, yes. They're not meant for cameras. No, no, they, they look like friggin' Neanderthals, but, uh, you know, with the sloped forehead and everything. But it, it, <laughs> the Manning look. I guess. But uh, to me, um, I do not buy uh, uh, the Eli Manning experience in, in uh, New York there. And frankly, I think Eli Manning's gotten lucky on more than one occasion with, with those Super Bowl rings that he has on his finger. I think he's a lucky bastard, but maybe that's just me. So going to uh, Russell Wilson, good. Good leader, too. 
I'm going to buy this. I, I, I've always been a fan of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's done, it hasn't shown anything to be an underrated quarter. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm an underperforming quarterback. Russell Wilson's good. I like Russell. I, I agree with this thing. Yeah, I, I'm buying that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy. Uh, just to keep it short, I don't know if there's a better leader in the NFL. He shows maturity that you just don't see at that position. Or All at that the time, age. At that, at that age, age, especially. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah, I'm buying this one. Ben Roethlisberger. Decent. It's not Big Ben. It's Antonio Brown. Ben slings the ball a lot, a lot of the time. He just slings it. His receivers go get it. I played him twice last year, and he's really, he really disappointed me. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Has uh, any of Ben's two Super Bowl rings included Brown? I believe not. I don't believe so. And um, and I understand it. It included, you know, some some great, Heinz Ward. And yeah, Heinz Ward and, and some great receivers over the time. Michael Moss is another. Yeah, but but Roethlisberger over time, you know, he's he's put up 500 yard games, just you know being Ben. So I I. I I guess for for this day and age, I would say Ben's decent, so I can't disagree with the statement. I think he's decent at this point, at this stage of his career. But am I calling Ben, you know, not great, you know, over his tenure? I, I don't know if I can buy just decent. Uh man. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I did not read this comment before you just stated it. This specific comment, um, I don't understand it. I think it's clueless. It's disrespectful. And had this been the first comment I read from Jalen Ramsey, I wouldn't. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback, whether you like it or not. First ballot. First ballot. He can drop a 500 yard game like it's nothing. He's had guys in and out. Sure, he had. Uh, he's got a B. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger has made some of these guys. Right. And uh, to even say that, Jalen Ramsey, take a seat, brother. <laughs> yep. So uh, next is Drew Brees, and Ramsey is a fan. He's a fan. I'm a fan. So I guess I. I well, I, well, I, I take that, that back. I take that back. I mean, I yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Drew Brees. I, I think Drew Brees is a great quarterback. I think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks. But I hate Drew Brees with a fiery passion as a Viking, um, as a Vikings fan. I I but, I, so I I disagree that I'm a fan. But um, as a quarterback, is he one of the greatest of all time? Yes. For sure, absolutely. First ballot Hall of Famer. Easy. I buy this one. Andrew Luck. I don't really think he's that good. Sell, 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 sell. <clears throat> yeah. Andrew Luck has just had, has had the problem of not being protected by his line and injuries. Yeah. But when he plays, the dude's one of the best in the league. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm selling that all day. Ryan Tannehill. Don't know much about him. How can you not know much about him? He's been around. Hey. <laughs> this one bothers me, man. You can't be hot tape guy. Tell me Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger is this and that. But you don't know much about Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Because there ain't much to know, brother. That's why you don't know anything. Yeah. Well, there isn't much to know, but but you play in the AFC. Yep. You, should. How, you play in the AFC. How do you not know anything you about should, Ryan you Tannehill? Know your competition in, in, in your conference. You, you play in the in the same freaking conference, and you don't you don't know much about him. What the sh? Doesn't that tell you enough about him? I don't even know about him. <laughs> I mean, just uh, and you play in the same conference. I don't know if it says. Uh, countless things about about Jalen Ramsey, or if it says countless things about Ryan Tannehill and his lack of performance. Can I say it, both? Yeah, it could. It could be both. I mean, geez, oh, Pete. Matt Stafford, <clears throat> he do what he got to do. He do what he got to do. Stafford! <laughs> Just keep doing what you got to do, baby. 
Don't worry about what Jalen Ramsey has to say. Maybe I'm drinking the Lions Kool-Aid. He oh, didn't dump on him. God. <laughs> Stafford's a good quarterback. I, he's okay. I think he gets I, – I, he does what he's got to do. I, I, I agree with that. But I, so I have to agree with the statement. But like, just building on the Matt Stafford thing, I, I, for years and years and years, I got to hear all this nonsense about how Matt Stafford is an elite quarterback and how he's just an amazing quarterback and how good is Matt Stafford and, oh, he's incredible. You know what? And everybody lost their minds when he broke 5,000 yards. Well, <laughs> wahoo for you. I would hope, that beyond hope, that you're breaking 5,000 yards when you're throwing the ball on average of 55 times a game. I mean, for, for Christ's sake, you broke the record for attempts. You had one of the greatest receivers in the, in the history of the game on the field with you, and you're losing your mind over the fact that this guy broke 5,000 yards. If you don't think he's going to break 5,000 yards, you're high. You know, it's, so Matt Stafford, is he good? Sure. Do I think he gets way more hype than he should? Absolutely. What I will say on Stafford, though, is and, uh, a lot of people were scared when uh, Calvin Johnson left, but Calvin Johnson leaving has made Stafford a better quarterback. It forced him to have to spread the ball. It forced him to have to be a game manager, a leader, and actually look at his weapons. I agree. He's become, he's become more confident, he's become more accurate, and he's become a better quarterback. Yes, he, he has become a better quarterback without Calvin Johnson, but at the same time, you know, he... he, he he, he's not throwing the ball as much. Not only that, he gets a running game now. <laughs> you know? Hopefully. Hopefully. So he'll have running backs at his disposal. So, But, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm selling. on. Uh, well, I'm, I'm buying that he does what he's got to do. <laughs> but I'm selling that everybody loves Matt Stafford. Philip Rivers, pretty good. Just pretty good. I. This one's tough because... A lot of there's a lot of ammo coming at you. If you say something good about Philip Rivers, there's a lot of ammo to tell you why he's not. Uh, but I think he might be one of the 15 best quarterbacks to ever played this game. 15 best. Wow, if you look up leader uh, in, in the dictionary, Philip Rivers is there. He's a he's a guy of strong faith. He's a guy of strong morals. He's committed to what he's doing. And regardless of the slop that San Diego has put on his side of the ball some of these years, the guy gets it done. He still produces. I think uh, every every now and then you see Rivers put up a, a, a get a little turnover bug every you know every couple of years or so. Yeah. But, yeah. but all you know ultimately, I mean, what, what was his his number one receiver over there for a minute was Malcolm Jenkins. <laughs> that's that's your number yeah. one receiver, you know. So, um, I I do I think he's he's pretty good. I think he's more than pretty good. I don't know if he's if he's top fifteen to ever played the game. The man throws like Marino. Um, but you know, I think he's a damn good quarterback. Definitely, in, in uh, if, if we're talking top whatever, I think we're talking top forty quarterbacks of all time. Matt Ryan, overrated. Wow. For for the money, I, I get. You know, I I think a thirty million con- a thirty million dollar contract for anyone that's not named like Brady or Breeze is, you know, Rogers. yeah. I I think you're talking too much money. So, I mean, for the money, I mean, I guess I'd have to agree with the statement, but I think Matt Ryan's a damn good quarterback in this league. And I'm going to sell that. <coughs> Matt Ryan's one of, the, one of the premier quarterbacks in this league, and he's going to continue to be. Mm-hmm. Dylan? He's talking to his Facebook Matt crowd. Ryan. Sorry, I'm interacting with uh, the Facebook Live crowd watching this right now. Which, yeah. I, do, which I do appreciate. It, it kind of helps just kind of just kind of reach out to everybody mm-hmm. at once. I, I right, like right. Um, uh, everybody on Facebook Live, don't forget to catch us on iTunes and SoundCloud 
after full video. Yeah. Um, but Matt Ryan, <clears throat> I think I'm going to sell on what Jalen Ramsey said. I think Matt Ryan's been a culture changer with Atlanta through the years. He took him from the dumps to where they are now, and he's he's shown a lot of good ability. I, I just don't see why he would say it's not overrated. <laughs> Joe Flacco sucks. I played him two times in a two years in a row. He sucks. Double sucks there from James. Yeah, Ramsey. double sucks. And I agree. I buy it. I <laughs> buy it. I buy it. I hate Joe Flacco. I think Joe Flacco is one of the most overrated quarterbacks to ever play the game. And I, I have for the last several years, uh, it's been it's been almost three years here, and I've had to listen to, to Tyler just you know, talk try and talk about Joe Flacco with his mouth full, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, last, last three seasons, Flacco has severely underperformed. If you're talking about his first five, he's been one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. I don't. The last buy Joe last Flacco. five have been awful, awful, awful. I don't buy Joe Flacco. I think the man hides behind a. a or has for many years hidden behind a great run game and a good defense. I think he's overrated, um, and and I think he's a joke. Um, so I agree with Ramsey on this. Yeah, one. Uh, as harsh as this is going to sound, I'm buy what Jalen Ramsey is saying about Joe Flacco, and uh, you know I don't want to say double sucks, but uh, he double sucks. <laughs> double sucks. Oh my God. Lamar Jackson going to be good. Hard sell. As we just talked yeah, about, hard sell. Lamar Jackson got a lot to prove to tell me otherwise. I'm glad we already covered that. Yep, that's a hard sell. Baker Mayfield, if they want that type of quarterback confidant, get out of the pocket, throw throw in the run, big plays, charisma. Then yeah, I understand Baker going number one. Sell, 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 sell. Yep, no, he shouldn't be going number one. He should have never gone number one. I I have my doubts about him even going in the first round. To be honest with you, but maybe that's just me. Um, I think we already covered this one. I'm going to sell. <laughs> and the best comment from Ramsey, best for last, and this is on Bill's rookie quarterback, Josh Allen. All right, I'm gonna, I'm, let me readjust. This will take me a second to get through. No, no, Josh Allen, to his credit, and I'll give him the credit here before we go into this comment, Josh Allen has said, I am not affected by the comments of Jalen Ramsey, and I don't care because he's not on my team. Ah, so that's two, kudos to Josh Allen for for being the bigger man. You can't break Josh Allen's will. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't break his. <laughs> He's all heart. He's all heart. All right, here we go. Let's see if I can do this in in, in one in one breath here. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's talents and Josh Allen. I think Allen is trash. I don't care what nobody say. He trash. It's gonna show too. That's a stupid draft pick to me. He played them this year, and I'm excited as hell. I hope he's a starting quarterback. He played at Wyoming. Every time they played a big school, like they played Iowa State, which is not a big school in my opinion, because I went to Florida State, and he threw five interceptions. And he lost by a couple touchdowns or something like that. He's never beat a big school. If you look at his games against big schools, it's always a hella interceptions, hella turnovers. It's like, yo, hella. if you're this hella. good, why, why couldn't you do better? Hella he turnovers. the mole. He's a big, tall quarterback, big arm, supposedly. I don't see it, personally. First of all, this dude went on a freaking diatribe about Josh <coughs> Allen. And you know what? I'm gonna, there's some personal animosity. I'm not going to take back what I said earlier about Josh Allen. didn't think he was going to be successful, but I want to see him as a starting quarterback against the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars, whatever the hell that game is going to be. Because I think they'll score more than three points than the Buffalo Bills scored on the last. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I honestly... 
want to just see that game just so I can see if they like start hitting each other or something. Like I want to see a gang war break out, you know, on, between the Jaguars and the and the Bills. Now, I think I think Josh Allen is gonna. It's gonna be like Anchorman on the field. You know, these guys are gonna be like busting out tridents and stuff like that and beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> Somehow I see Josh Allen being Brick. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So we'll, we'll end this segment on one last note. After hearing all of that, do you buy or sell Jalen Ramsey as a player? I think Jalen Ramsey has to, with all the big talk and all the, the hoopla that came with these comments, Jalen Ramsey has to perform. If Jalen Ramsey doesn't perform, even uh, if he underperforms uh, opposed to what he did last year, even a little bit, then people are instantly going to go, you're trash, you're trash, you're trash. And, and Jalen Ramsey, you know, does he have the reason? Does he have an, uh, uh, a reason to be confident? Yeah, two years all pro. I get it. Kudos to him. But now he's he's basically pigeonholed himself. Either you be great, or you're going to get trashed for the rest of the year. Yeah, um, <coughs> I'm going to agree with Scott. I think Jalen Ramsey's incredibly talented. We knew he was going to be incredibly talented. The Jacksonville Jaguars got a steal with him in the fourth pick of that draft. Um. But he's just going to have to back up the talk, man. And if he doesn't, he's going to hear about it. And if he does, then he can just start grabbing his dick when he walks around, man. We'll see. Yeah. And being that, that, that my team's an AFC team, I, I, I see quite a bit of Jalen Ramsey. And he's, he's, he's a severe loudmouth. But uh, Jalen Ramsey can play. Jalen Ramsey is a, is a really, really good corner. Um, despite his comments being uh, ignorant at times, I think Ramsey's going to put his money where his mouth is and be that elite corner that this league, league uh, needs, and I, I, he's going to have many, many more uh, playoff runs and have many more Pro Bowl appearances. Um, as far as his, as his mouth, I think he's, I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to learn his lesson. I think he'll continue to be that loudmouth guy, but I think his play will back back it up. Yeah. So uh, with that, we got uh, one more break here, and then we're going into our main event. Um, and uh, yeah, hope you guys uh, are enjoying yourselves. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right here. Ah, we'll be right back. Jeez, oh, Pete, it's been a long day. We'll be right back, right here, on the outside blitz.
to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean. Welcome back to Tob. Slob my cow. No, God. Every time you say Tob, I'm going to say Slob. Tob is, is a... back to the final Blitz, final segment of the night. Yep, Tob. And I'm, I'm here accompanied by Scotty Freytown, and we still have Dylan Kelly here with us. The delicious here, Dylan man. Kelly. haven't kicked me out yet. He's delicious Dylan Kelly. <laughs> delicious Dylan Kelly. Yeah. yeah. No, Yummy. we have not kicked him out yet. He's been a, he's been a great guest here on the show tonight. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for partying with us. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, so we're going to go into our last segment of the show, and uh, the segment that those of you who've been watching pretty regularly know, and that's... Uh, Scott, you, yeah, you yes, it's that time. It's that time, Tyler. It's time for Tyler's Top Ten. We're very excited for Tyler's Top Ten tonight. Ooh, where I see the top defense of the defense is going to be a matter of this year only. Top 10 defense is going to be end of the year. Yes. Hot take right here. Yes. We mostly talk about offenses. I wanted to do defenses to talk some of the offenses. Stats and and whatnot when it comes to the preseason. So yeah, th- this is this is a little change of pace for you here, Tyler. I'm kind of excited. Absolutely. So we're gonna just jump right into it. Number ten, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Ooh, Luke Keekley and company. It's been a defense that's been very steady, very uh, consistent, very very good. Yep. I, I I think that I mean from from strictly a, a tackling standpoint, they're great. Their Tampa two is fantastic. Um, they're really good at at. Uh, playing down in distance, um, I, I really like this this pick. I think you're absolutely right. Do I feel like they're they're like an elite defense? No, but definitely top ten. Um, this is a good pick, good choice, Tyler. I, I, I like this at number ten. Uh, could he possibly even be higher? Um, I would say they've probably, like he said, this cover too. That Tampa two tile defense. They have such good linebackers that can play that that they don't have to go to too many sub packages. Uh, where teams can attack that weakness that they do have in the secondary, I think they're kind of weak. Yes, and and they they are kind of weak back there, but but they are fantastic in in tackling, you know, in that second level, and I, I that's where I think they're they're successful. Absolutely. Yeah, their front seven is kind of their strength. They, don't forget, they still have Julius Peppers there too as well. K one short. Uh, they added Don Terry Poe. That run defense could be potent. Yep, it's gonna be it's gonna be a dangerous pass rush there, and I think that's gonna be the strong suit of this team. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. Going number nine, and uh, you guys are on here for one reason only. And uh, one thing a defense needs to prevent, and that's penalties. Mm-hmm. The Bills were awesome at preventing penalties last year. They're they're number one in the league in, in the lowest number of penalties, and they've been known for for a good uh, front seven as well, and, and having a very good uh, sack attack. Not quite as good as say the uh, Jaguars, but mm-hmm. Bills have been very good when it comes to uh, pressuring the quarterback. And that's my number nine. That was a, that was a nice stat you dug up there about them being the least penalized defense last year, uh, because that can make such a difference. Yes, and and the Bills, um, I I believe you're absolutely right. Their their front seven is something uh, super spectacular. Um, 
they, they have good linebackers. They have tremendous linebackers. Tremaine Edmonds, mm-hmm. they're over there. He's going he's to prove to be a great asset. Young, young guy. Um, really, the Buffalo Bills, that, and that's where they've always have excelled, kind of like the Panthers. They've always excelled in their um, in their uh, uh, second level guys. Tremaine Edmonds was good, but then we also have Star Lutuelli over there. Um, Trent Murphy's still over there. Kyle Williams. Uh, Jerry Hughes, Lorenzo Alexander, yep, Vontae Davis. There's a guy that we yes. have. You know, Vontae Davis is going to be a good one. And also at safety, you got Micah Hyde, Tre'Davious White. Man, he he showed some flashes last year of being the guy they really think he can be as a number one lockdown corner. Yes, uh, and and he he really is. He's almost he's basically on right on that borderline of being shut down, which which I I like about uh, uh, Tre'Davious there. So I mean, good choice. I, I can dig it. Going to number eight, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. The the San Diego Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> the uh, which which Chargers are they? <laughs> I, I don't. Officially, the Los Angeles Chargers of last season. They're just they're going their second season in LA. No, uh, uh, is is it the the Las Vegas Chargers? No, it's <laughs> going to be the Raiders. Believe it, oh, really? <laughs> uh, with the Chargers, um, I, I could. I could see them as a top ten defense. Uh, I love the edge rushers they have. Melvin Ingram's proven, and uh, I know I said I was part of the Andrew Luck fan club, but I'm actually part of the Joey Bosa man crush club, and I think he's an absolute freak of nature. I, I'm really high in Joey Bosa. I think he's going to come into his own this year and continue to excel as a defensive uh, end. So I'm I'm really big on um, what they're doing as far as adding guys to their secondary. Um, Jaleel Adai as a strong safety is a re- and he, they really have two hard-hitting safeties in Derwin James who they just drafted Jaleel Adai both those guys are are super super run defense kind of guys they're they're not tremendous in coverage but those are, are hard tackling safeties that you want deep back there that you know you can rely on to stop big plays um, guys like Casey Hayward are always uh, necessary uh, Desmond King He's young. They've got him for cheap. Can he step up and take Jason Verrett's spot here? The guy tore his uh, Achilles, yep. I believe, again. Um, another devastating injury for him. I think Desmond King, King, King I think Desmond King does. I think he comes up, and, and especially, you know, they, they get a steal on this guy. I mean, the, the amount of money they're paying him, they're paying him, what, 650K and 750K and 850K. It's a rookie deal. It's low money, and he's played at a high level. They really got a steal on, on him, and I loved it. Um, they, they wound up getting uh, Yuchenna Nuosu as well to play outside linebacker, who I think is just really a, a tremendous talent, another kind of steal. They got him, what, third round? Yep. Um, really, they're, and, and everybody forgets guys. First of all, let's, let's point out Brandon Mebane from, from the get. Great defensive the big tackle. boy. Yep, but people also forget about just how good Corey Legit is. Corey Legit has been a staple of that defense for God knows how long. He's 28 years old. He just signed a new four-year extension. He's going to be around for a minute. He's a big boy. He's right. disruptive up the middle. He knows how to get to the quarterback. I mean, he's that perfect, uh, you know, three-four guy. He can eat up some blockers, uh, you know, and he, and he can interior rush the passer. Right. So I mean, I I I absolutely agree. This defense is going to be something for everybody to pay attention to. Um, especially people that are that are over there in the West. Going to number seven, 
and that's going to be the uh, defending champions, a team that I would have put higher on this list, but they did lose some pieces, mm-hmm. where I still have the Eagles in the top 10 defense. The scary part is, is I look at this Eagles defense, and that secondary is filled with some ragtag guys, and at least I feel like I don't know if they're going to be able to live up to what they did last season, but that front seven is just scary good. It's gross. It really is. Uh, um, yeah, Brandon Graham over there, <coughs> Tim Jernigan coming into his uh, coming from Baltimore, and he's he's been proven he's a he's a big boy and, and a and a great defensive tackle, and he's going to come to his own over there. Absolutely, I think they got seven or eight guys that could rotate in on that. Yep, line. and, and they also <coughs> have Baloney not over there. Yeah, they still got kicking over there. Absolutely. They have Baloney. And um, the Detroit Lions defense, uh, rush defense last year, absolutely plummeted once Saloni mm-hmm. was out. And and one guy that that he he's been around for a while, he's been around forever, but he's the staple of that defense is Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox oh, yeah. has been around for a minute, and and he knows how to go. And and with him and Tim Jernigan lined up next to each other, imagine if you put a guy like Haloni Nada. Um, I mean they they. Only right. Nada right now is, is technically serving as a backup in right, this situation. Yeah, you, yeah. you cut his snaps probably in half, keep him fresher, and he's a veteran guy. He knows what to do when he gets out in his role and, and on his on his play. Yes. He's, a, he's a space healer. Only <clears throat> Nada is always going to be a guy that's open, opened up the defense to allow linebackers to get in and hit the quarterback. And, and let's also point out Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins is over there playing safety. Ronald Darby's at corner, who just came in from Buffalo. Um, so, and, and the other thing that makes this defense even more scary is playing backup right defensive end is the great Michael Bennett. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's terrifying. Michael Bennett is sitting there. And even when they go to passing downs and you gotta take a big boy like Jernigan out of there possibly, Michael Bennett can be that interior guy right there. And mm-hmm. that's just <clears throat> he's a monster. And and uh and then the heart and soul of that that defense right now, Brandon Graham, um you, you've got just a, a, a gruesome front seven, and and their secondary is nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, Rodney McLeod is is a good safety. Jalen Mills, good uh, corner here. And even uh, the depth there, because Corey Graham is, is a good backup safety. Yeah, I mean, it's you have a group of guys. I mean, they they've taken starters. That's how many good starters they have. They have starters that are that are all pro starters that are sitting as backups right now. That's how good this defense is. So, I, I mean, I agree that, that uh, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I think this defense should be ranked a little bit higher on your top ten, I just judging by what I'm seeing. And, 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 that, and that very well could be true. I, I could I could have uh, underjudged uh, just how, how strong this defense would still be despite the losses. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. Number six, we're going to the AFC, and that's the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos defense has always been a staple of great defense, and it's going to continue this year. Especially with some of the pickups they had. Yeah, Denver. Um, Bradley Chubb, that's that's the name. The and and he slid to them and and imagine Bradley Chubb alongside Von Miller. Von Miller. I mean, just imagine how that works out. That's a a a, a pass rush from hell. <laughs> it really be, is. That's gonna be scary. Yep. It's it's very scary, especially when you look at. Uh, these guys that are playing corner, you got Chris Harris Jr., you got Bradley Roby on the other side, and uh, Denver's been one of those defense where they take some of these hybrid safety linebacker guys with a lot of speed that can bring some more pressure, that could uh, fake you out. You don't know, is this guy dropping in coverage? Is this guy going to come after me? Uh, and that's what makes them hard to prepare for. 
yeah, and there's a few question marks I think uh, involving you know certain guys like Shane Ray who's who's been dealing with uh, hand injuries and wrist injuries, but you know they they have uh, a few guys. Uh, the oft underrated Tremaine Brock uh, came in from Minnesota. Tremaine Brock is a guy that that I personally believe um, is is a, a starting corner in this league, and and he really just hasn't been given much of a chance. Uh, but they they scooped him up, so they got a good corner out of the deal. Um, Darian Stewart, Justin Simmons, a couple of newer guys, but still very good at what they do. I think if, if, that, if that's your weakness, if that's your only weakness on this team, then, then you're in pretty good shape as far as this defense goes. 100%. You talk about that pass rush. Some years back, we were talking about the uh, dangerous connection between uh, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. Mm-hmm. And they had DeMarcus Ware in the very back end of his career. So, but, now you're not, but now you get basically a younger version just as likely just as talented in Bradley Chubb, this, this defense could be and will be very dangerous. And a guy that, that and just one more that flew under the radar, Adam Gotsis. Um, Adam Gotsis was, uh, uh, really, he's, he's a, a fantastic defensive end. This guy, you get him on a discount. He's cheap, but he's a very good player. He hasn't been given an opportunity, but when given the opportunity, he just explodes. So they, they got this guy really for, for you know, a dime, and, and he's going to make them quite a few dollars. Going to the top. Do one more thing, all right. Going to the top five, we're going to go to the Houston Texans. A defense that, another defense that has been a staple and been very good, but they've also made some moves. Yes, they have. Um, the biggest one probably being the Honey Badger. Yeah, yeah, Tyron Matthew coming in from, from Arizona was big. Jonathan Joseph also coming in from Cincinnati, I think, was a huge move for them uh, at corner. Yeah, Green Jackson. Yep. Opposite of Honey Badger there. It's still J.J. Watt. Still J.J. Watt hanging around, and you've got a, a, a man with his chip on a, a chip on his shoulder over there. Are you talking about Mr. Clowney? Yes, sir. You've got a man with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Whitney Merciless is still hanging around. Um You've got a, a good core group there. Uh, they, uh, you got McKinney over there as well. I, I think if you're, they they have a good core. They need to get a few more pieces, but ultimately they're they're going to wind up being a top a top defense for many many years to come. Right, and uh, uh, the biggest thing that surprised me for them last year is that they let go of a guy, um, AJ Bouye, mm-hmm. who was I believe a Pro Bowler with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep, and uh, the defense didn't seem to miss a beat. Uh, so I think that front seven's kind of showed that it's so strong that it can actually improve your secondary regardless of who comes back. Yep, and they get away with it too. That's the beauty of it. All right, the top four, and uh, this is no surprise. I've, I've, uh, I've screened this over the last year. And so last season we had the bad four defenses. Mm. They were just unstoppable um, and, and lights out. And I'm sticking with all four of those teams as, as top four defenses because all of them didn't lose pieces. Some of them added pieces. So starting with number four and going to Minnesota. Minnesota's going to be lights out this year. I agree that they're going to be lights out. I don't agree with how low you got them. Now, this is why I put them low. And uh, you, you know my standpoint on players signing contracts. I've said this on Matt Ryan. Once players sign contracts, these big contracts, they have a tendency of saying, oh, I got my big payday time to done. Vikings have signed a lot of contracts, and I could see some of the players saying, you know what, I got that big payday I've been looking for, I don't got to try 100% anymore. 
Well, but I still see this defense doing its job and, and being the, the elite defense that they've known to be. Well, two of those contracts, only two of them, have come on defense. You're talking the signing of Daniil Hunter, and you're talking the signing of Eric Kendricks. And they've, they've expanded those deals. Now, Kendricks does not strike me, you know, and maybe it's just me personally, Eric Kendricks doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that gets complacent. Um, Eric Kendricks is is the heart of that linebacking crew, and I think that's why they signed Eric Kendricks, and they still have yet to sign to re-sign Anthony Barr to a long-term deal. Barr is, has got a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to have to go out and prove it with a, a one-year contract. Now, Daniel Hunter, Hunter is real young. He's a young guy, 23 years old. He's got a lot of tread on the tires, and they've got him till he's about 22, I think he's 29 years old. He's going to be a Viking for a while, playing left end. Um, he's got a high motor, gets to the quarterback a lot. The only other signing on that defense that really strikes me as, as the big help, and, and that's going to be the Sheldon Richardson signing, and that's a one-year prove-it deal. So I, I, that's one of the reasons why the, 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 the contracts don't bug me so much. Um, that's fair. You know, the, and, and especially with, with Richardson's contract, because it was a one-year prove-it deal, he's really going to have to go out there and play to get his money. So, I mean, I, I, I believe this Vikings defense, Linval Joseph is too much of a force. Everson Griffin is a monster. Um, and, and with Joseph as a space eater up front, with Everson Griffin as a monster, you got a shutdown corner, Xavier Rhodes. you got the arguably, and to me, he's the best safety in the league in Harrison Smith. Um, I think the only weakness you're going to really find on that defense is is possibly a young corner in Mike Hughes or Andrew Sandeo. And, and with you going on that topic right there, I want to jump right on it because that's where I wanted to go here. And uh, one guy coming out of college uh, that is on the Minnesota Vikings that I was high on and hasn't even remotely lived up to that expectation is Mackenzie Alexander. Yes. And this is the guy right here that he has every opportunity to step up and take one of these secondary positions for his home. Trey Waynes, he's starting to show some of that ability that they drafted him for. But when you start to go down that depth chart there, you got a guy in Terrence Newman who's been in the league, uh, I think, longer than some of these guys might have even been alive. And, and this is Mackenzie Alexander's chance to take a spot in that secondary. Terrence Newman, and an and interesting thing about Terrence Newman, Newman um, really showed his inability. Um, when it came to that NFC Championship game, he got burned by Elshon Jeffrey. Xavier Rose went down with an injury. Terrence Newman was the guy you had to rely on. And he got burned by Elshon Jeffrey on a couple of occasions on, during that, that big blowout NFC Absolutely. Championship game. Uh, Terrence Newman, you know, the guy has alien blood running through his veins, and I, I love Terrence Newman. I think it's great that he can play at such a high level at 40 years old. Hey, kudos to him. But eventually we got to find that top talent. Yeah. we got to find that guy. And, and they haven't gone about finding that guy. Newman's going to serve a purpose this year, but he's going to wind up being a weakness. Now, when you point out Mackenzie Alexander, one thing I really like about him is he's a great tackler. The yeah, guy, he's got he, that physicalness. He's got yeah. that size. He, he can tackle really, really well. Can't really um, uh, come up with the football the way that Trey Waynes. It's kind of like you know a Jekyll and Hyde type of thing. Trey Waynes goes up and gets the football, and mm -hmm. he can play the ball really well, and that's why he was so successful at Michigan State in that no-fly zone. But then you go over to Mackenzie, you go to Trey Waynes, he can't tackle worth a damn. Yeah. But then you go over to Mackenzie Alexander, he can't play the ball, but the guy can tackle like it's nobody's business. I'm hoping that that as a Vikings fan, I'm hoping that a guy like Mike Hughes comes out and and you know shows the world that he's got the best of both worlds. But you you know fingers crossed on that one. We don't know how a rookie is going to turn out in that situation Absolutely. or how high he's going to be on the depth chart. And 
you, you mentioned uh, you, you, you didn't agree with the, with the placement. Uh, this is the, the, the disclaimer. This, like, I mentioned this top four defenses. If my number one is considered a 10 out of 10, um, my number four, in this case, the Vikings, is a 9.9999. <laughs> These four defenses to me, you can almost even throw Texans in that mix too. Um, there, there are a few defenses that are just really, they're just a cream, cream of the crop and a cut above everyone else right now. Right. So, being at fours, it's almost it's almost hard to even place because there's there's a few really good defenses. Right. So with that, going to number three, and that, I'm gonna stick with purple. That's gonna that's gonna be my my Baltimore Ravens, and uh, the placement on Baltimore Ravens is is for one reason one reason only. But like I said, they're they're one of the premier four defenses last year. But the thing is, um, they had uh, two or three rookies come to the equation last season. And so this team's a fairly young defense, and, and they're only going to improve from here. Um, in particular, at at a corner, and, and uh, Marlon Humphrey to me is going to be the guy to overtake Jimmy Smith because Jimmy Smith eventually eases out of this team. As far as the secondary, it's going to be a Marlon Humphrey owned uh, secondary. And yes, you have your veterans and Cody Jefferson, who's been very good, and Eric Weddle, who is one of the, still one of the best safeties in the league. To me, Ravens have the best one-two punch at safety with Cody Jefferson. And Eric Weddle, and and you, and you can't ignore the uh, pass rush that's been known to be one of the best. Brandon Williams is is a gigantic space here that that replaced uh, Holinata with with great finesse, and Michael Pierce is, is another guy who's, who's, who's really confident in him. Um, Brett Urban's been a lot of a lot of the year hurt last year, but he's a big boy, and between uh, those three guys, um, they're each north of 350 pounds. Um, that that's going to be a big window to open up the uh, the four linebackers coming in between. Uh, Terrell Suggs, who's a Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer and multi-pro bowler. C.J. Mosley, who's going to eventually run this team. And then, and then you got Matt Giron jumping in on, on the other side. And, and uh, the, the uh, middle linebacker spot next to Mosley being 3-4 is wide open. And you have a few guys that are looking to take it. you got Tyus Bowser, who, who's trying to take it. you have uh, Conley Correa and then uh, Patrick Anwaza. And uh, to me, um, <clears throat> I think, you know, with them playing the 3-4, First of all, I don't know that Suggs at this stage of his career is going to be able to play at that high of a level. Still, I'm I, to be honest with you, I've seen a guy that that has regressed heavily. Um, I I don't buy the Terrell Suggs train anymore. Um, I and and Jimmy Smith and Tavon Young are are good corners. I believe Marlon Humphrey's a good corner, but we have to focus in on the fact that who is the starter over there in Baltimore. And the fact of the matter is, is Brandon Carr is the starter over there in Baltimore. He won't become week one. And Brandon, I, Brandon Carr will be a cap casual player in this year. He's ten years, eleven years in. Yeah, I, I he's believe a veteran, he's a veteran, but he's on his way out. I believe that that Brandon Carr is is overrated, <coughs> like it's nobody's 100%. business. Um, and and to be honest with you, I look at Correa, I look at Bowser, I look at Judon, I look at Patrick Anwasar, I believe I look at Kenny Young, Chris Board. I see these guys that are um, also overrated heavily. I don't. I don't think that any of those guys are are strong linebackers inside. Um, I don't. I don't buy them. Um, I I buy the the line for the most part. Brent Urban, I think, is the most is kind of the one that you know raises the question marks. Um, but I do agree with you that from a free safety, strong safety standpoint, uh, I think you know them and the the San or not, well that the L.A. Chargers now. Um, I believe that they they fight each other for the um, uh, one-two punch at safety. The only other guy that I'm I'm 
a little concerned with is the the Jimmy Smith experiment. Um, top five corner in the game. I think he. I think he's very good. I don't know if top five, but I think he's one of the best. Um, is he going to start tapering off here? Are injuries going to catch up with him? It's the question of the day. Is it the one injury? I, I believe that Eric, as Eric Bowman, Eric's thirty-three. I believe he'll he'll um, win the lot and retire. I, I believe in the last few years of Jimmy's because Jimmy's still got three years left. I believe that Jimmy will, um, as as most uh, lead corners do, they get they get transitioned. And and um, I I mean and to put I, I to me personally and and this is not just me being a Vikings mark um, I I do believe that that this defense actually should be somewhere around that five mark whereas Houston should be at number four and the Vikings should be sitting at number three but maybe that's just me uh, yeah uh, with just uh, Ravens defense at number three I think it's a little bit high um, I. My only X factor, uh, without getting too long, long-winded on the topic, here, because I think Tyler covered it tremendously, and I couldn't recover it better than that, um, is will time catch up to some key contributors and Terrell Suggs and Eric Weddle and Tony Jefferson? Some of these guys are in the back end. Tony's only 26. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's young. I thought but Tony Jefferson was I thought he was an older guy. Like Arizona yeah. yeah. But no, the, the older pieces, Eric Weddle and Suggs are both north of 30, and Jimmy just turned. Oh, and we're we're not talking just north of thirty. We're talking like in the rafters at this point for <laughs> but, Terrell Suggs. But, but we talk about that about that alien blood and uh, Terrell Suggs is. I I don't see, your boy Newman. I don't know about all that, but um, Suggs has has definitely regressed. I I don't hear as much about Terrell Suggs. Uh, no, uh, sorry to cut you off, Scott. Before you guys go into your top five, I do have a fan <laughs> that sent in their own top five that I wanted to uh, throw into you guys. Oh here. boy! Um, at number five, they agreed with you. They have Houston there. Uh, they had a little bit more love for Philly, slapping them at number four. Number three, they had the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Jaguars. And number one, the team we're going to talk about next. Are you peeking at my sheet? Oh, he peeked. You can't peek. Look at that. It's against the rules. That's not against the rules. Yes, it is. No, it's not. My rule, my second. No, you need to calm down. <laughs> going to number two, and that's going to be the L.A. Rams. Yep. And I'm, I'm putting them at two. With notation that Aaron Donald will be a part of this team. Yeah. If he's not, you can shift up Ravens one more. You can shift up Vikings one more. You can shift up Texans one more. I think you could almost take the winners out of the top ten. I disagree. Aaron Donald. I, this guy is the best defensive player. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But their defense is to me is still really stacked. To pick up Namik and Sue, having Sue and Donald together is going to be dangerous. I'm going to stand by that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. They have Sam Shields as, as the uh, Wiley veteran who's going to end up being in a more of a backup role, but he's going to be there to help this team and be a leader. You have a key to lead who's going to be a leader. Oh, and yeah, starter. I forgot they had a team mm-hmm. and Peters. Peters is an absolute bog. Yeah, Peters as well. It's a, this secondary is going to be scary. Their weak spots um, are going to be at safety, but um, their corners are going to be shut down. And But then the front seven has kind of always been their uh, marquee spot. I, I'm a big fan of Mar- our... Michael Brockers, and uh, Scott, where, where, where do you stand? Well, I, I like, you know, you say the safeties are, are kind of their weak spot. To be perfectly honest with you, I really like LaMarcus Joyner. Um, always have. Guy's a hell of a player. He's, he's always been a good player for them uh, or in this league. I, I think he's going to be just fantastic. Um, Marcus Peters, awesome. Mark Barron is okay. They need a little work in the inside linebacker situation. Um, and, and actually, uh, when it comes to their outside linebacker, I mean, you, you've got – Samson Ibukam, you've got Corey Littleton and Mark Barron as your starters. 
And then you got Marcus Peters sitting there at corner. They're, um, they're putting a lot of faith in the Donald Sue and Rockers to really uh, be the space eaters. Yes. Yep. And and another guy, you know, uh, Matt Longacre. I I don't really buy him either. You got some guys, you know, on that that thing that we're going to. Yeah. And then on the other end, you've got and one guy that that didn't get a whole lot of love, and and I still don't think gets a whole lot of love, um, Nickel Roby Coleman. Um, at corner, he's he's I guess technically playing a backup corner, but that guy out of Buffalo, he is awesome and yeah. it was a great selection. I like him a lot. He's a good corner. I think he fits into that slot corner perfectly for them. They have two outside guys. They really addressed that this off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Shield to back him up should there be any injury. And then you got a guy in like Nick Robert Coleman. You can get in the slot. He's got the quickness to deal with anybody out there. Right. And going number one, and I'm gonna stick with with, with these guys there. They have number one defense last year, and they're going to continue to be, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. This team is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. And and then they go and add Barry Church at strong safety up from, from Dallas, and that one of Dallas' only really strong pieces on defense now goes to the already dangerous Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Um, scary defense, uh, especially from a secondary standpoint. Um, one thing that they seriously lacked for a long time was any degree of a, a successful pass rush. Um, it, it was just, it's been a long time coming for them. Um, I look at uh, Calais Campbell. Uh, I, I think he's he's the the you know guy that's really going to make a huge difference. But you also got Telvin Smith. This, this one-two punch of Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. That that Dangerous. yeah, it's scary as all get out. The the Bouye, um and Ramsey combo. Dante Fowler Jr. Yep, and, and Fowler is, is another guy that's just like, holy Jesus Christ. Um, you you have great, great players here. I think at nose tackle, I think they're a little weak. Uh, Avery Jones, I don't really buy him. Uh, Yannick, I, I can't pronounce his name, Yagukwe or whatever. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, very, very weak. Um, Barry Church is okay. He's played in this league for a minute. Um, coming out of Dallas, Tayshawn Gibson. Gibson was a guy that kind of got overlooked, I think. It was a quiet signing, but he's not a bad player. Um, DJ Hayden coming out of Detroit, that's that's one that I, I think was a, a decent signing for a backup corner. Decent. I'm not going to say great, but he's okay. Um, and, and a guy that, that once again came under the radar, Marcel Darius. Hanging out there at, uh, at the back of the nose tackle, and uh, to be honest with you, I think he should be overtaking uh, Avery Jones yeah, as the yeah, starter I, there. I agree on that, and uh, like we were talking about earlier with that Minnesota defense, some guys kind of get paid and get lackluster. And Clayus Campbell really shocked me last year when he got paid that big money, and you're thinking, oh, he's just going to Jacksonville to get the big bucks, yep. and he went there, and he was a damn good player, man. Um, but. Uh, I buy the defense. I love the defense. They have the linebackers to play the style of NFL we play now with so much more passing going on. They got some shutdown corners. Um, I just hope uh, maybe they're not a little too cocky. We already talked about Jalen Ramsey. Maybe you know this all goes into their head. Yep, and I think it does go into their head. But I also and, and really the the one thing that they're really going to have to focus on. They're great against the pass, but how good are they going to be up front against that run game? And I think that that Campbell will help. Campbell does help for sure. But you, when you're talking, a, you know, this Avery Jones and and uh, Ngakwe or whatever his name is, I I don't I don't know. I see two guys that that I feel are going to get trampled all over by some of the best running backs in this league. 
Well, they have, I think they have fathers in there for backup mostly because of the suspension, but he'll be getting there as well if either Jones or McAvoy. Right. And uh, I, I know you guys can't really see it on camera and can't hear it over the microphone, but Scott is almost losing his mind over here about some of the teams that Tyler left off his top ten list. Yes, I am. And Tyler... Don't indulge him, Dylan. Tyler, do you know what time it is? It's late. It's time for me to go to bed. No. It, well, I know you're an old man and you have your... your dinner of applesauce and medicine before you go to bed. But, um, Tyler, it's time. For Freytown's Forgotten Five! Can't forget these five. Come on, Tyler, don't act like you're not excited. Never excited. Come on, Tyler. Good time. Stealing everything. It's all mine. Raytown's Forgotten Five has arrived, Tyler. Come on, Tyler. Big smile. Big smile. All right, the Forgotten Five, Tyler. Here we go, buddy. Number one. Well, I'm going to start with number five, the Cleveland Browns. Now, despite all the things that go wrong in Cleveland, the one thing they've done really well the past few years is the defense. Yeah. It's just sad in the... But not, about three years ago, the defense was really young and really good, but the, the offense just couldn't keep up. But they've done a good job of keeping defense young, but I'm hoping they can, they, that defense can, can stay what it's been doing while the offense is working towards getting what it needs to be doing. It's young. It's fast. It is, it's hard-hitting. These guys, and they quietly, very quietly, statistically, have been climbing up the ranks. Yep. And, and I mean... The and, and you know the the most recent signing for them is Michael Kendricks. That's the guy that that I'm just like ooh la la look at that Michael and Kendricks. The, and in the draft you get Denzel Ward. They they got Miles Garrett last year and, and then uh and then the Jabril Peppers as well. The, 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 this this defense is stacked with great players. Mm -hmm. It really is and and it's it's Jamie scary. Collins they just got from the <clears throat> it's scary you know that you know uh, this. Brian Body Calhoun has come up and performed at such a high level for such little money and done such a great job, even just as a backup safety. That's that's incredible to me. And and Carl Nassib is still there. I see a, a group of guys here that are are just nasty. And and Jabril Peppers, I think, rounds it all out on top of it all. I think I, I think that's interesting to add these guys to uh, uh, sort of an honorable mention list uh, to the top ten. Uh, I I agree with uh, you know the Viking or Vikings. Okay. Go Vikings! Skull skull skull. Uh, the, the Browns adding uh, a lot of pieces, a lot of young guys, a lot of speed to that defense. Uh, we'll just have to, have to see how it goes. I don't know if I buy this top ten. And one guy that that I think flew under the radar as a signing, EJ Gaines. EJ Gaines was a guy at that corner that that they just. I was getting ready to say he's listed as a backup. But I think EJ Gaines ends up taking the uh, number two spot over Terrence Mitchell, and EJ Gaines ends up being the uh, starter over there. And and that's going to be even a tough battle too, because Terrence Mitchell's a hell of a corner. Yes, he is. He really is. So I mean, I I like the the uh, <coughs> Cleveland Browns moves that they've been putting up lately. But you don't take Denzel Ward over Bradley Chubb without making the starter. So exactly. Yes, he will be a starter. But as I, as I will know, a lot of times you have three receivers out there. So while the list two is a starter, you're going to see all three of the guys out there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, at number four, I, even though they're aging, they're still very good. I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Definitely aging, 
but Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, you ask any true football fan what the Steelers have always been known for. Their defense. That Their steel the curtain steel defense. curtain, like and you it, just said. And it's still there. And, and they made some good signs. But like you said, it's getting older. And they, they started to struggle for a bit once they lost uh, James Harrison and yes. uh, Troy Palomalu. But uh, they, have their, they have the new future leader of that defense, if you ask me, and that's T.J. Watt. And then you have the uh, veteran Joe Hayden that they got from Cleveland last year. Yep, they've got, they've got Joe Hayden, T.J. Watt. One thing that uh, – a guy that I really like and, and I've like – I, everybody likes Bud Dupree. I'm a big fan of Artie Burns and the Morgan Burnett. Morgan Burnett didn't get his just due in Green Bay. He went out, he sought a new contract, he got a new contract, and it was a contract befitting of a very good safety. Um, Morgan Burnett deserved that contract. He uh, deserved to, to be in that starting role. It's fantastic. And, and you hit the nail on the head. T.J. Watt is going to be the heart and soul of that defense for the years moving forward. And a guy that... that um, that's been on this team for a long time, and they signed him for a big, big contract. But Stefan Tuitt, um, he's been around forever. And uh, he's, he's just a fantastic defensive end, and yeah, I like him. I think that uh, the defensive line uh, doesn't get uh, the love that other positions get, but they have a guy who's just been an absolute stalwart, Casey Hayward. And, you know, they've got, uh, they got Tuitt now on the other side. They have exactly what they want at those positions, I feel like, now. Right. They can excel. Now, the person that would have been, I, I hate to talk about the Steelers defense without talking about him, but the guy who would have been the leader of this team for years to come, and I was going to take that role, is uh, Ryan Shazier is going to be massively missed by this defense. Yes. He's on pace to be, he, he would have ended up being one of the best linebackers in this league. Yep. And he already, he's already doing that. It, it, this team's going to miss him, and, uh, and hopefully they can fill the void. In, in that role. Nasty injury, and, and you couldn't help but feel like you were proud of him for, for coming out uh, during the draft day and, and making his own way out, and then at the same time, you, you felt just so horrible because the guy was struggling to walk. Um, he says he wants to play football again. I don't know how much of a, a pipe dream that is, but, and I would love to see him back on the field again, but he it's going to affect this defense ridiculously. Uh, to not have him on the field. Get well soon, Chase. Yes, yes. Um, at number three, we are talking Arizona Cardinals. What cards? The cards. Um, first and foremost, let's talk Antoine Bethia. Let's let's talk about that. Um, a huge signing away from San Fran. Yeah, and a huge signing away from San Fran, but they they needed something to to combat the honey badger situation, and they went out and did it. Um, and then the other guy that they picked up to back him up. And, and, and realistically, I mean, Antoine Bethia, okay, you're going to play free safety. Behind him, you got Trey Boston, who can also play strong safety. So, And right, right. I, I, don't, I don't find Buda Baker to be the guy that's going to wind up starting at strong safety. To me, Trey Boston moves over to that strong safety position and makes it happen. And, and, uh, and uh, like we've been talking about all along with the NFL, you see a lot of three wide receivers. You see a lot of packages like that. And you can see almost all three of these guys on there. I'm sure they're going to find a way to uh, you know, bring one of these guys in the box. Trey Boston is known to have some run support in Yep, and let's talk, I mean, the heart and soul of that defense, Patrick Peterson. He is the man. Um, everybody knows he's the man. He's the best corner in the league, hands down. Nobody's been able to touch him. Um, he really, uh, he's, he's just incredible. The guy's, the guy's a freak of nature. Um, he's still got a lot of tread on the tires. He's not an old guy by any means. I love it. I love having Patrick Peterson on that defense. Um, they do need a little work at uh, um, 
linebacker. They, they've got Deion Buchanan and Hassan Reddick. But Josh Bynes is, is a fantastic uh, addition to that team. And uh, also, they picked up Corey Peters. I like the Corey Peters signing. You know, he was doing good things in Atlanta. I mean, he's going to help this uh, Cardinals defense uh, turn to the next level. Yes, and in ultimately, um, I think the Cardinals, secondary-wise, is more dangerous there than they were than they are as far as um, I guess being pass rushers and run stoppers. But at the same time, I believe that that secondary is going to get them, uh, you know, kind of to the promised land if they if they can, and if that is if Josh if Josh Rosen steps up and, and starts playing offense like he can. So um, I'm uh, that's where I'm at on the Arizona Cardinals. Where you at, Dill? The Arizona Cardinals, man, I, I like what they're doing at the linebacker position. they got a lot of speed. they got a guy in Hassan Reddick two years ago. He was a first-round pick. They expect a lot out of him. Deion Buchanan is kind of that. He uh, uh, used to be a safety, I believe, that was shifted to linebacker or linebacker that could have played safety. Uh, I think he's the kind of player you need to have on your defense. Chandler Jones is an absolute professional. He's always brought pressure off the edge, even after he left New England and got paid. Um, it's... I'm still concerned about that second cornerback position opposite of Patrick Peterson, but when you got one, I think you can find another. Yes. Um, and then going on to number two, we're talking the Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. Oakland. Um, over in Oakland. So, first of all, let me just tell you, I like the Marcus Gilchrist, Melvin Rashawn signings. Um, I think they're great. They're good additions. Um, uh, Gilchrist coming from Houston. Uh, Rashawn, I'm sorry, Rashawn Melvin coming from Indianapolis. Um, and then to hear Whitehead from Detroit coming over, um, he's a hell of a linebacker. And and I like that they, they brought him in. Derek Johnson from Kansas City. They went and revamped their linebacking crew like, I mean, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that if you look at anything, you look at that lineup and you know. John Gruden came in, he put his stamp on that linebacker position, and went and got guys he wanted to play his defense. Uh, they have a new guy at every position, seemingly. Yes, and uh, Bruce Irvin takes up the uh, the defensive end role. Loved that signing. Who And Bruce Irvin, I'm sure, loved it, too, getting away from that, that sinking ship that is the Seattle Seahawks. I would like it, too. Um, so well, what I'm going to say, though, on, on your pick here is, and I'm, I'm sure you bet you both agree with me, if, John Gruden, if you don't sign Khalil Mack, this defense is not top ten, not even close. Um, and and Khalil Mack is and and right now, believe it or not, Khalil Mack isn't even listed as on their depth chart. Yep, he's he's on he's on is he on the is he on the pup list or? Um, I don't I I believe he's he, well he's a holdout right now. So oh I, yeah I don't, yeah yeah. He, because he's a holdout, I don't even he, he's placed in reserves. Um, yes. So and and uh, he's placed in reserves as did not report. Um, and so he's sitting on that did not report list because he is holding out for a new contract. When he does come back in, um, the thought process here, and, and they, they did a little something. They went over to Minnesota. They picked up Emmanuel Lamour, who isn't exactly the strongest linebacker out there, to fill that role. I get it. Emmanuel Lamour has started games before. I get it. Emmanuel Lamour, I mean, can he start? Sure. Do you want him to start? Eh. I would rather have Khalil Mack in there. And, and then you've got in, – in a, a – you really got one of the strongest defenses in the league, which is plug uh, a guy like Khalil Mack in there. Uh, the thing I'm most uh, afraid of uh, to agree with you here is I saw the signs last year, at least I thought I did, and I thought Oakland was going to be maybe one of the top five defenses in the 
in in the league last year, uh, and they just weren't, and it's left a bitter taste. <coughs> Yeah, and they, they let Gruden kind of have his way this time around, I think. Um, they, they brought him in, and, and, I mean, it's like you said, there's, there's let's see, I'm seeing Rashawn Melvin from Indianapolis. I'm seeing Marcus Gilchrist from Houston. I'm seeing Tahir Whitehead from Detroit. I'm seeing Derek Johnson from Kansas City. I'm seeing Emmanuel Lamar from Minnesota. And what I'm seeing here, too, is we're talking about this with, with the Rams when they put Stan Shields and uh, bringing that uh, veteran presence. Um, Reggie Nelson from Cincinnati, and yes, he's listed as a backup, but I think he can help bring that veteran present and can jump in the starter role at any time. Yep, and, and one other guy that I, I think always gets overlooked, but I think he's just a tremendous talent, is Tank Harity uh, from San Francisco. I always hear about this guy, and I always hear how he's great, a great edge rusher, and he, he's a great defensive end. Tank Harrodine's going to make a difference over there and really give him that pass rush that they really so desperately need in Oakland. So that's always a good time. And last but not least, um... My number one of my forgotten five here, uh, the New Orleans Saints. A team that has been known for bad defense. Yep, and, and they've been known for bad defense, but i got to tell you, this defense got freaky scary last year, and, and I watched this defense just, I mean, they brutalized people. I mean, they, they were right up there with Philadelphia with how bad they were just smashing people after a while. Um, Sheldon Rankins is is. The heart of that defense, we know that. They get Marcus Davenport in the draft. Davenport right now, he's sitting at his, as a backup behind Alex Okafor. That's probably going to change because Marcus Davenport's a hell of a player and you don't move up that much in a draft. Pick up Marcus Davenport and don't start him. Jordan Cameron's a good compliment to our rankings there, too, on, on the line. As well as you get going, going you got Marshawn Lattimore, who's been, who's been a, who's going to be the piece of that secondary Yes. This, this this is a defense that's building. You got Manti Teo at linebacker. They got him from the Chargers. And, and Teo is, is one of the – right now he's sitting in a contract here. Manti Teo needs a new deal. And and if you can get Manti Teo signed to a new deal, you're, you're golden. He's a good, solid linebacker. I, I was unaware that New Orleans had signed Demario Davis at middle linebacker, and I think that is going to be bigger than people really uh, you know, understand. Uh, this defensive line is really good at stopping the run and stuff, but when you can put a guy like that, you can put guys in the right place and knows what the hell's going on in the NFL, I think this defense is going to be even better this year. And a guy that, that they picked up uh, from Carolina, Kurt Coleman, to play strong safety, um, it, it really right. bolsters their secondary. Um, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, he had a great rookie campaign. Um, barring barring the, the Minneapolis miracle, uh, he had himself a, a hell of a campaign. The guy's a tremendous corner. He's a shutdown corner, and he was a rookie. I mean, I think that that says a lot about about him and his as a performer. Uh, to me, Marshawn Lattimore is going to be the top corner in this league at some point in time, if not one of the top corners in this league. I, I agree with you. What I saw last year was exceptional, especially from a rookie. I like the swagger that he played with. I think it almost completely changed the culture of that defense. They became Bahawks, and that's what really you know helped uh, New Orleans put the chokehold on some teams. They're taking the ball away from you and then running the ball on you. Yeah. And and they got Patrick Robinson out of Philadelphia, which is fine. They they have Ken Crawley right now is their other corner. Um, Ken Crawley, if you really look at him, um, he's not to me. He doesn't scream, you know, starter number one overall corner. But Ken Crawley to me. You know he'll he'll be serviceable for now. Over yeah. time, though, they're going to have to go out and get themselves another corner to really, you know, fully solidify this defense. 
um, which is why I'm sure it probably didn't make Tyler's top ten because of their somewhat weak secondary that they have going Absolutely. on here outside of Latimore. Absolutely. And, and with that, we're, we're going to, um, one little thing before we end the show here, we'll take my number one versus your number one real quick here, is, uh, and that's like one last buy or sell. Um, well, not really buy or sell, just the this or that. Mm. Um, Marshawn Lattimore or Jalen Ramsey? Fast oh, forward wow. five years. Fast forward five years. Am I am I taking I, honestly five years from now? I'm taking Lattimore. I think he's he develops further. Uh, I think Ramsey is complacent. I think Lattimore develops further than Ramsey. I think I think Ramsey is is more of a. Uh, I guess you could say a. Uh, 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 what's his name from? Uh, he he just signed on with San Francisco. Sherman Richard Sherman. He he's kind of a Richard Sherman. Where, where he's going to be good for a couple of years. He's going to have his couple of years in the sun, but after that he kind of fades out a little bit and people stop talking about him. I think we saved the best question for last because this is really interesting. It's hard to say. Um, and I'm just a Marshawn Lattimore fan, so my biased answer is I think Marshawn Lattimore will be right. I, I think you're talking about a situation where both guys, to me, are going to be very good, but I'm going to go to the other end of this and go with Jalen Ramsey. He has the mouth. But he also, as of right now, is, is backing it up. I'm, I'm going to say Jalen, Jalen Ramsey continues to be a, a, a great corner. And you, you mentioned comparing him with more Sherman, but Sherman's also proven to be a shutdown corner as well. I'm going, to, I'm going to say Jalen Ramsey barely has the edge in five years and ends up being the better corner just by a little bit. I think you're talking about the potential of one and two. Gutsy. Very gutsy. But anyhow, folks, that's all we got for tonight. Um, thank you for sticking around with us here on the Outside Blitz. Uh, I am your host. The fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, um, along with Dylan Kelly and Tyler Dean. And we will uh, see you next week right here on Tob. Come on. See you next week, guys. Thanks for having me. I look forward to it. And uh, another good show next week. Let's thanks see for it. coming. Yes, thanks for coming out. I no appreciate problem, it. No problem. Always. Plug that show of yours again real quick before we get off the air here. All right, before we get off the air here, I'm going to plug my own uh, – thing here uh if you go to soundcloud and you're checking us out there make sure to check out the dsbn podcast on soundcloud and if uh, you're a youtuber like myself uh check out the dsbn um we're gonna have videos covering uh local teams uh the detroit lions uh following up and uh you know and i'll be right back here talking about all the NFL with these guys nice and uh special thanks real quick to our uh, producer jordan scavone check out his new books the, uh, his new book, The Mud Princess, also uh, his new children's, or his older children's book. I won't call it old because it's actually still fairly new. My Tea. My Tea, baby. Yeah, that's a great book. My kids love it. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping uh, you, if you got kids at home, these are the books to get. So special thanks to Jordan for all Amen. your hard work. Yes, sir. So anyhow, that's all we got for tonight. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz.